welcome back Your dreams were your ticket out Welcome back To that same old place that you laughed about Well, the names have all changed since you hung around But those dreams have remained and they've turned around Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Welcome back to a long-awaited, we hope, at least for us, episode of The Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. I am Christine. Christine is on a different audio system today, so she sounds fine to me, but she's a, you're always fine to me, girl. Uh, but our apologies to everybody if it doesn't sound as good as you're used to. We're not fancy, you know, we, we do what we can, we make it work, and you haven't heard from us for a while, so you're going to hear from us today, whether that's a perfect crisp audio finishes or not deal with it look be happy with what you get no i'm straight um, <laughs> if it does sound weird sorry i'm from i'm i'm calling in from a hidden bunker somewhere <laughs> in the, uh, the things we do for you people the things we do uh this is just another grab bag episode uh it's been a while since we've talked so we have lots of movies to check in on and stuff maybe or maybe not i don't know who can say it's been a weird time for the world and us uh but we're just gonna go through genre by genre and talk about some of the recent stuff we've been watching uh how about christine we begin with television Oh, okay. Yeah, this is going to be not really, uh, I don't log my television. So I just have mm. to have to pull from the ether on this one. But I did want to talk to you. I started watching Cruel Summer. Oh, that's the Hulu show, right? How is that? It's on Freeform. But I, okay, right? it's a Freeform show. That makes I sense. I think Freeform to. feeds into Hulu. So you can watch yeah. new Freeform on Hulu. I yes. Yeah, so we are watching through Hulu. So Hulu, everybody. Um, I really like it. Nice. Is it like Pretty Little Liars-esque? It has big Pretty Little Liars energy, it, it, but it also feels like Scream, the Scream TV show, okay. which I love. It's, it's very good, like, young adult genre television. Okay. Like, and that is such a, such a fun little thing when you get into it. Oh, yes. Um, it's a little bit darker and more serious, I will say. Um, and it also is told in a format that I could see somebody not liking. Hmm. Okay. It's, it's essentially juggling three time periods at once, so three three different years. But do and, they do the female characters have different haircuts for all three years? They do. Okay, then I'm fine. But it looks good. Like every, it, it, they actually do a super good job with that. Like everything, they like look like younger. Mm. You can really follow it well when it jumps in between. Nice. Um, I enjoy it. So that is my recommend to anybody that enjoys similar things in that genre. Did you watch uh, one of the shows I watched on Netflix? This was recommended by our friends at Married with Clickers, Teenage Bounty Hunters. No, I oh, you should. I, I haven't. I don't think to look in Netflix ever. <laughs> it's funny. Netflix is like probably the the um, service I use the least in some ways, and. Mm-hmm. Especially for a lot of their originals, just because I get, I don't know, I'm a little burnt on the, well, I know what, I kind of know, I'm like, oh, it's going to be like high quality production, but I can't get invested because it might get canceled and that happened with Teenage Bounty Hunters. Um, But when I know that it's going to like be complete, it's still worth a shot. And this was really fun. I think you would dig it. It took me like maybe two or three episodes before I was really 
vibing with it. Like I watched the first episode and I thought it was cute, but wasn't thinking I was going to go back to it. And then I finally just like had a day where I just had it all on like for most of the day while I did errands. And it's really funny. The two leads are adorable and they re- have just good comic timing and it's, it's modern. It's sweet. Like they're very Christian, but in like a really like sweet, cute, funny way. I, I think you would really dig it. All right. Well, I will have to make a note. I have mm-hmm. two free times this week. Okay. Maybe so. Um, I was. Tr- I had started to watch the new season of Handmaid's Tale. It's hard to find time. Yeah, and that's a show that you can't watch casually. <laughs> no, and I. I love it. I actually like it more than the, the book. Sure. I mean, I the book meant a lot to me. I read the book in high school, and it was one of my favorite books. Um, I think they have done. I loved the first season. I thought the middle two seasons were a little. I had some issues, um, but I'm I'm enjoying this season. I'm excited for where they're going with it. Yeah, I think if I had read the I read the book after I had seen the first season. Oh, so. totally different then. Yeah, because it's so. I mean, the first season is a very close adaptation in some ways, uh, but the differences are really. I think what that the best things the show does, especially in the first season, are the changes. And really, like, so much of that is what they do with Serena, because it's just they ended up with a great actress for a part that was written very differently. Yeah, she's often my favorite character on that show, which is awful, but I just love (laughs) the way that they... It's such a a compelling train wreck of a character to, to experience things with but i didn't get very far on that i will get back to that um eventually mm-hmm. <laughs> small bites sometimes sure. i don't know if now is the right time um <laughs> uh, we just started watching the new season of legendary on hbo max oh um, i didn't watch the first one it's even better than the first season Ooh, so lovely. if you if you have any inclination of getting into it going through the first season anything you think is clunky or overlong or whatever they tighten it up and really do a good job on the new season so i do enjoy that um also all the drag races ever Mm -hmm. obviously Um, uh, what else we finished search party um i always always forgot to start that and now i don't right now i don't have hbo max uh, so i haven't thought to dive into any of that but i know people people dig that show you dig it right so good. It's really, really tremendous, I think. Nice. It's one of the, it's like it's very Twin Peaks. It's very Lynchy and it's very strange hmm. and Okay, and cool. Strange, but funny. I don't know, it's weird. I like that. Um that's all I can think of. I'm sure there's oh, we started watching Bob's burgers, you know, for something like Good times. Yeah. Like, I get it. That's a show. Yeah. Um, the other that's TV it. I had was um, actually I had one light show, which is on Hulu, and that was a uh, good friend Jason recommended the guest book. This was from, it was on TBS a couple of years ago. It was two seasons. I think it's like 12 or maybe eight, eight episodes, eight, eight episodes. It's really funny. It's hard to describe. It is, um, oh, I'm trying to think of like, if you liked A, you'd like B, but I can't think of anything. It's a bit, it's very sweet. Like it's dirty, it's raunchy, but it's really, um, like, I think sweet is the right word for it. A lot of great people show up. Like, sometimes just in, like, really quick episodes. Uh, it's pretty absurd. Uh, but it's a good it's a good time. I would recommend it when you're looking for something a little lighter. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. it's n- nice. It's a half-hour show? Half-hour show. Yep. Goes by uh, really quickly. Something quick to just mm-hmm. kind of 
put on like if you're not quite ready to go to bed or oh like, yeah it's perfect for that it's 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 nice to have something bite-sized so yeah that's fun now unlike the other two shows that i finished <laughs> Uh, one was on, I think this was an HBO show. I watched it on, on Hulu because sometimes HBO stuff goes there. This was a beat British show, but it's all, I mean, it's Jude Law and Naomi Harris and somebody else. Oh, and Emily Watson. The Third Day. Oh, what's that? So th- this is bizarre. I had never heard of it. And then like you look at that cast, you're like, how would I not have heard of this if it's a HBO miniseries? And it's, I think, yeah, it's six episodes in total, I think. And they aired, like, they did a weird thing where I think they aired three episodes and then um, did, like, a sort of, like, weird interactive thing. And then they aired the last three. It's sort of, it's, I mean, it's very Wicker Man-esque. Like, Jude Law basically is going to this island. And it's, like, the kind of island, like, in, um, oh, what do they call that? When they have a passway or something where the island, like... Only you have to get off the island before like 5 p.m. Otherwise, you're stuck on the island overnight. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, clearly some culty stuff going on. Um, I was really into the first episode or two. I'm like, oh, where's this going? And it just kind of keeps wandering. Uh, um, I don't know. I didn't love it in the end. I kind of felt like it spun its wheels at me. There's good things in it. Um, I mean, Emily Watson is wonderful because she plays like sort of the, uh, the the bar owner's wife. And she's just cursing and she just hates everybody. And she's amazing. Um, it looks really good. Uh, Tandy Newton's daughter is um, like one of the leads and she's very good. It's pretty, it it just doesn't, I don't know, it's so vague. Like, it's as if they, like, watched The Wicker Man and said, oh, but that just goes, that, that's too obvious. Let's pull back. I don't want you to pull back on The Wicker Man. Like, give me, go for it, please. So I don't, I don't, like, really recommend it, but I, nobody else has watched it, and I'm mad because I want more people to talk about it with me, but I also don't want to tell you to watch it. I don't know if you'll like it. It sounds, it, look, I this is a broad stroke here, but it kind of sounds uh, True Detective-y. Maybe. I never watched True Detective, but uh, I watch. I saw the, you know, the commercials for it and the posters for it, so that sounds right. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds like it could be really good, and then it wasn't, and yeah. that makes me frustrated. Well, and that's what was hard about it, was I got really excited by the first, like, two episodes. I'm like, ooh, ooh, where are we going with this? And then it was like, oh, we haven't decided where we're going with it, and now it's seven hours later. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one is really a bummer. Um, Amazon Prime's Them. I'm sure you've oh. seen the ads for it because it's Amazon was really pushing it. Yeah, I do 100% know what this is. I That, that title, it'll never... It'll never be easy. No. I don't. Well, and apparently, like, it's going to be, like, an Amer- like them is the American Horror Story part of the title. So it's them colon covenant. So yeah. if they do another season, it's going to be, like, them colon treaty or something. I don't know. Yeah. I hated this. Really? Uh, yeah. It, the thing is, and this is what makes it so infuriating, is it's, like, it's not that it's a bad production. Production values are great. The cast is wonderful. Um, it's like the two little girls, it's the girl from us. And then this other little girl who's wonderful, the lead actress, uh, who I don't think I've seen in other things is stunning and charismatic and just like, I, I want to watch her lead things, but not this. Yeah. I, it is so, uh, like 
I watched I I start I watched it and I was like halfway through it when like this article um so, uh, this woman wrote an article on Vulture that went pretty viral that kind of basically said like hey I'm a black woman watching them and here's why this show is just fucking terrible and mm-hmm. as I'm reading it I'm like oh wait a minute this isn't directed by people of color and that's what killed when I realized that I just I was like okay no I'm allowed to be angry. Because I watched it thinking like, oh, this show is is rough. It's very like kind of unrelenting. But I feel like I shouldn't give up on it because I don't know, like, is that the easy way out kind of thing? But I was also thinking, oh, but it's people of color stories. And like Ty West directed two episodes. Uh, like, really? There's one. Oh, the pedigree here? What, say that again? I said that's the pedigree we're working with here? Yeah, that's like, the thing. Like the, the yeah. showrunner is black. The writing room looked like it was a very, it was off. I think they all came from theater um, because I was looking up each one. I'm like, was this written by white people or not? Because if it was written by white people, whoa, fuck, just stop. Um, And I think nine out of 10 of the episodes were directed by white men. Again, the writing cast was a mix of people, but it just felt like I'm like, I cannot fathom going to set because this show is so in your face about i mean it it is about racism fine we've seen stories about racism i'm not saying we need to stop telling them please no obviously in the 1950s the world was just as bad as it was in the 1860s i have no problem with repeating that story if you have something to say with it i don't think they had anything to say with it i think they wanted to shock you they wanted to like and i mean the, the violence in it is so ridiculous and so extreme and then they like they linger on Allison Pill's character, and she's the white neighbor who is sort of the ringleader against the black family. And what they do with her character and her arc is even more infuriating because somehow they've decided, oh, we're going to humanize her, but they don't, and there's no reason to, and it's stupid, and it just really pissed me off, and it made me angry, and I don't want anyone to watch it. But if yeah. you did watch it, tell me if you were equally as angry as I was. Yeah, so we're probably not going to watch it. Do not, um, yeah. I have a, so there is a thing that happens, and if it's if it's black people telling telling black stories and they want to tell them however they want to tell them, do fucking Fine. do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, who I, I I you don't even need me to tell you to do it, but like I want like go do that. I want you to do that. That's mm-hmm. amazing. I will watch you do that. I will pay for you to do that. That's great. I. I don't care what you then give me. If I say this is too violent, I can't say that. Mm-hmm. I can't say this is too violent. Exactly. This, this is too, but but when you when you take the lens away from the people being victimized and give it to the victimizer, I, I mean, not to be so cut and dry about it. I'm not saying that Ty West is, is, is a slave owner. But what I'm saying is if you're telling a story where people get brutalized and where people's experiences are brutal and yep. you take that, the eye away from the person that it happened to, that the people that it happened to, are you now perpetrating another egregious act by doing that? I yeah. tend to think that by watching, I'm taking part in that. Like, like they, slave, mm-hmm. slave stories and, and it, like, it, it's, it's gross. It's like to me as a woman watching another woman get beaten to death in a room story. Right. Like, I don't care what you dress it up as. I don't care how you try to tell me it's empowering or how it's the only way we can get a female lead in something. I don't want to take part in that anymore. Mm-hmm. And not to reduce it, but that's how I feel when these other stories, they feel, they feel um, 
they don't feel yeah. good. I, I don't want that to experience. If It's hard for me to articulate because obviously it's not mine to weigh in on. But as somebody who does ingest media, yeah. and I don't necessarily believe that me, media made by, you know, Japanese people are only for Japanese. I don't believe that. I believe that we could, should right. all share each other's art. That's how we gain understanding. So like, but like, I don't want you to spoon feed me somebody else's experience. It's not yours. And that's Stop. the thing. Like little Marvin was a showrunner. He is a black man. He yeah. presumably picked the directors for these shows, but I am sitting here watching this as a white person thinking, imagining white Ty West directing this black actress on how to act when she is being noosed and set on fire. And, and, and the thing is like, to what end? Because the, all you get out of the show is racism is really bad. And yeah, it is. But I, this is not, I don't need to see it this way, bring something to it other than, and I mean, I won't even go into like, if just look up what happens in episode five. Um, it gets really bad. It it's, tries to do as extreme a thing as you can possibly imagine happening on a show. And to what end? <laughs> I, I don't get it. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm wildly curious if other people have watched it. And did I miss something? Is Is there, you know, did people get more out of it? I think reactions to it from what I've seen have been pretty bleak. I don't think this was a critical hit. Um, yeah. But I I don't know. I'm I am curious on that. So don't watch them. Yeah, I saw that there was some kind of there was I saw people saying both things like the there are I think I'm remembering correctly. There are black writers that that brought this vision to life. We need to respect their vision. And I completely agree with that. And then people saying, but I am offended by this and I don't feel like I need to see this presented to me. Yeah, even though I just talked about it for 150 years, I don't feel like it's my conversation to lead or spearhead. I can just amplify voices in it, but like, it's not something personally that like where that I feel like I, I would gain anything from. And that's the same as like American horror stories where somebody gets fucked to get death with a spike. Like, again, I just don't feel like I gain anything. (laughs) I get it. All right. On to lighter notes. Any documentaries? Um, any documentaries? I don't think so. I had no. two, both on Hulu, or one of them I think was an HBO to Hulu. That was Tina, the Tina uh, Turner documentary. Oh yeah, how was that? Oh, it's wonderful, Queen. Yeah. Just uh, you know, I like I grew up enough in the eighties that I remember when Tina Turner was a star. Yeah. But to go through her life. Um, and not just her life, because obviously it had a lot of highs and lows that we know about, but then to just watch her perform and realize what she gave on stage is really cool. It, it is well worth a watch. It's um, it's a it's a little bit of a downer at times, but it's triumphant. Um, she is happily married. She is happily retired. She seems very proud of what she's done. And it's it's pretty badass. That's good. Oh, well, that's nice. Then the other one, I'm surprised you didn't watch it because I feel like it's up your alley, is the WeWork documentary on Hulu. Oh, we thought about it a bunch of times, but then I was like, is this going to be a bunch of rich eccentrics that make me angry? I mean, yeah, like, I didn't know this. Uh, The WeWork guy's wife is Gwyneth Paltrow's cousin. So, like, that tells you a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, This, I feel like this was trying very much to be the Firefest documentary. 
uh, yeah, and it's just not as interesting a story because it just wasn't as. I mean, Firefest was fascinating for so many reasons, and, and that Hulu documentary is great. With this, like, I mean, there's interesting things about it that this dude was essentially a really, you know, not not a pure con man, but a a business guy who is not as smart as his charisma uh, leads you to believe, and. There and but it's it's also very like you know you're interviewing employees who talk about how they felt like they belonged and then realized they didn't. I'm like I'm I'm sorry I can't muster that much sympathy for like whereas yeah. the the Firefest documentary does that but it doesn't ask you to feel sorry for them. It, yeah. It's doing it in a way where it's just like this window into this life and I feel like this one really was trying to make you feel for this young woman who got off the bus from New York and you know became an executive but then realized she wasn't it's like yeah you know I was a dog walker for two years after college like I, I'm not really connecting here so uh, I mean eh, yeah background watching I'd say now they do that with American Greed if you ever have watched that have show Stacy Keach narrates it but they'll do that. It's like this this man embezzled millions. And then you talk to one of his victims and I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I can't feel bad. Yeah. Like you. Yeah. <laughs> Millionaire who trusted a guy who clearly didn't know what he was doing. Like, I'm really sorry. Yeah. But yeah. I, yeah. So I haven't been champing at the bit to. Yeah. Similar, forward. actually. I'd forgotten. I watched <laughs> the, that Varsity Blues, Operation Varsity Blues on Netflix. Yeah. And, like, it's, you know, it's interesting, I think, as a character study more than anything, because um, they don't really go into the parents so much. They really focus on the guy that was doing this. And it's, again, it's really just infuriating, because you watch it and you're angry, thinking of all the kids out there who don't have, you know, Lori Loughlin yep. as their mom paying to get them into USC. Um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's it's a good time passer, but... Oh. Yeah. I think I watched Trixie and Katya do a... A video while watching that. Oh, so. that, that would probably be a better way to watch that. Yeah, so I like watching them watch stuff. <laughs> that would a, be, yeah. They have a YouTube thing where they watch Netflix, like Netflix pays them, and they watch Netflix shows, and it's good to like watch things like The Circle, which I don't want to sit and watch, but I want to watch Trixie and Kathy and watch it. I didn't realize you could do that, because I keep hearing people talk about The Circle. I don't know what it is. I just assume it's like a Netflix version of that Tom Hanks movie. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, now, well, maybe I'll just watch that Trixie and Katya version, so at least I like can nod along when people talk about it. It's so It makes it so much better. I feel like I, feel like I watched it. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually have to sit anything more than 20 minutes of nice. MDNG. Very nice. Uh, all right. Shall we move over to comedy? Oh, okay. <clears throat> yes. Let me hear it. It sounds like you got stuff. <laughs> so, um, I will count this as comedy. I watched the most recent Smurfs movie. It's Smurfs The Lost Village from 2017. Okay. They they did a Smurf movie that was, like, partially uh, live action. You remember, you remember that? Uh, I remember a few Smurfs movies. I I never knew yeah. how many there were. Kind of like the Chipmunks movies. As far as I there there could have been two. There could have been twenty two. Well, the, yeah, there's a lot of Chipmunk movies, but there was like a live action Smurfs movie, and then like uh, a sequel to that, and then they did a, a whole new one. Okay, with all like animated, and this one is very good. And the premise of it is that they find all the the female Smurfs because you know they Smurf yeah she was all alone mm-hmm. um, 
it's it's very it's very good. <laughs> I get that it's a kids movie. It's a hundred percent a kids movie, but I also really like watching kids movies. Sometimes. Well, I mean, there is nothing. I th- I feel like there is nothing more um, like soul improving than a really good kids movie. Yeah, it it, it was fun and good and like wholesome and in, in like a really satisfying way nice very nice um comedy okay i watched thunder force which is the melissa mccarthy Octavia. oh what did you think of this i have not watched it i loved it everybody's wrong all okay. the time that's all i needed to hear that is all i needed to hear she it's it's got really you know what it's it's got christine jokes and i don't like it's the only <laughs> That's fine that people don't think they're funny, but this is 100% my brand of humor. Nice. So to say that it's bad or not funny is wrong because I laughed at it. Well, it's because so it when it came, funny. it premiered and it was one of those I started to see like bad reviews. I started to see some people complain about it. I'm like, I am waiting to see what you say about it. Um, <laughs> somebody, was it James? Somebody else that like, again, shares our, is on our level our wonderful level of whatever that is like said something of like this was a delight and I'm like okay okay I'm feeling good I'm feeling good I'm like I'm sure Christine will watch it I'll wait to hear what she says good yeah, to know I, I liked it a lot but I again I love Melissa McCarthy like Me at too. this point yeah. I full-on love her I'm with you um she her, her she is funny to me I find her her comedy very appealing <laughs> like so when she's allowed to do melissa mccarthy shit yep. which it seems like in this later part of her career she has been i'm i'm full-on there for it yep. and um i just it, it's a little cheesy but i like the i liked the premise i liked the superhero premise and it it was fun i liked it i think nice. you'll like it cool um i watched the stand-in which is drew barrymore uh I always forget how much I like Drew Barrymore. Most, um, one of the most lovable, just pure presences on screen. So adorable. Mm-hmm. So this is, she, she's, she is her own stand-in. Like she plays two parts and she is like a, a, you know, disillusioned comedian. And she gets into a position where her stand-in, uh, she puts her stand-in out there into the world as her to do a comeback. Ah. And it's, it's, it, my review of it on Letterboxd was this is darker than I expected. Interesting. So it's, a, it's a comedy and it's funny and it's, it's, it is, it is funny, but it's also very dark and serious at points. I liked it a lot. Uh, where is it? What is it on? Oh, we watched, we streamed it somewhere. Okay. Um, I have not crap. heard of it, but I kind of really stay up with what the kids are doing these days. So. Did you just yell, Zach? It was Netflix. It's Netflix. Okay, cool. See? We, I don't Easy even enough. remember that. We watched, <laughs> um, we watched Quick Change, which I'm very glad that Zach talked me into. That's Bill Murray, <laughs> Randy Quaid. Yes. yes. Gina Davis. Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's very good. I had never seen it. I had never even heard yep, of it. That was one of Brannon's movies that he showed me that I had like see, always seen it in TV Guide, but never sat down and watched. And it's because it, it's a bit absurd, but not like it's if it were made today, I think it would have so many more of these like crazy intercut scenes. But instead, yeah. it just has a few like the dueling scene, just these little things that are just like, whoa, whoa this is something a little bit more than what I should be seeing on screen. Yeah, it, it was it. it it's very poignant and it's very different, but mm-hmm. it is very funny. There are genuinely funny. 
it, it straddles an interesting line. Yep. I, I think at this point in my life, almost 40 year old Christine is fully in love with Bill Murray. Like young Bill Murray is just it for me. Mm-hmm. And, I ne- and I never realized that because I didn't feel like that when I, when I was younger. <laughs> I just think he's so, he's so funny and so like, curmudgeonly in like a really satisfying mm-hmm. way for me. And when you can match that, and I think that's what's, because sometimes he ends up in a movie and he's in his own movie and nobody else can kind of find a way into him. But with Quick Change, like Gina Davis is like, they are such a great couple because they, it, you don't always see him have the right romantic interest or a romantic interest that does much for him. And they're great together. Um, and Crazy Randy Quaid is really fun in that movie. Probably hate playing how, himself. hate how good he was in it. I, <laughs> I begrudgingly laughed at sure. everything he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Gina Davis is so funny. Yep. Like, I, I sometimes I forget how good she Gosh, is. Yeah, so great. So good. Um, and also, yes, if anybody hasn't seen Dead Don't Die and really likes Bill Murray, he's very not. funny in Dead Don't Die, and Adam Driver is very funny with him in that. So. I, I do need to see that. I have not yet. I, I stand by that fucking movie. And I and trust your opinion. <laughs> like, it's an actual good movie. <laughs> um, so, I don't know if you're going to believe this. But I have never seen Joe versus the volcano. I still have never seen Joe versus the volcano. Oh my god, Emily, it's so good. I've I believe it because I love uh oh, what is it, John Patrick Shanley? Love him, love his stuff. Uh have always meant to see Joe versus the volcano. I've had it on my list every like in time I update my Netflix queue, that's in like number ten of like my disc queue. And every time I'm like, Oh yeah, one day I gotta watch that movie. I still haven't seen it. I really like it. It's really good. I believe you. Yeah. One day. One day. I I don't know why. I think we're watching weird stuff because of our our options are different while we're displaced. Mm -hmm. Like we don't have access to all of our streaming services, or we added or pared down because of bandwidth and stuff. Because it's been it's been a weird transitional period. But I feel like we're watching strange things. That's always a good thing. That will continue in the in the movies I talk about because I believe that is my last comedy. Um, some, okay, my comedy, it's a good mix of both the strange and the not, and the traditional mainstream, uh, on Amazon Prime coming to America, not coming to America too, coming number two, America. Did I talk about that? No, no. we have not. We, we, girl, it's been a while since we've talked. No shit. I have, I have like quadruple the amount of movies I thought I did because we don't <laughs> talk about movies we've been watching when we are, when we talk with other yeah, people. We have not. No. I'm going to still stick with the way I'm doing my list because sure. I would be too many, but I will say I also watched this movie recently. What were your thoughts on it? Loved it. I didn't, I, I didn't, I, I, it was fine. Those <laughs> were my thoughts. Um, I think this is my letterboxed review. Sometimes I just want to warn you that I do my letterboxed reviews extremely high. So <laughs> it, the best way. Um, anyone that didn't like this hates joy. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> But I, I, that was like a broad statement that I decided to type at 1 a.m. But uh, I just thought it was really, um, really good and really light and really, it was what I wanted it to be. And if people didn't like it, then like just straight up didn't like it, like hated it and said it was bad. I thought that they were maybe, maybe not in the best place. Oh, I agree. I agree. I think this is a movie where I thought 
you know, like it didn't, I don't think I like really like laughed much watching it. It's gorgeous. Yeah. My God, those Ruth Carter costumes are just uh, like sickening. But I'm watching it. And I'm like, anybody, because there were so many people angry at it. And I'm like, that I don't get. If you're, what were you expecting? This is a movie that is made to please you. This is a movie that said, oh, you liked this movie from 20 something years ago, 30 something years ago now. Uh, oh, you want, you know, like all of these cultural things about, like, and I mean, Coming to America is a very uh, cultural zeitgeisty movie. We all reference it all the time. Um, I always say, like, for me, it would always be my default of if I was suddenly in a room and everybody hated each other, I would just, like, throw out a line from Coming to America. And no matter who you are, you would all laugh at it and then start just quoting Coming to America. And that's what this move, like, this was just, okay, all the things you like about it, we're just gonna find ways to do them again and to reference them and all this. And that's fine. <laughs> like, it, it, again, it didn't, I just didn't think it was funny for me. But yeah. it was pretty well, to look at. That's a good point. I don't know how funny I thought it was. I don't know how many like gut busting laughs I had, but I thought it was joyful and and yeah, like I, I was very present during it, and it was a good experience. But like I didn't, and maybe if people did just want joke after joke and laugh after laugh, then they would have been disappointed. But like I was happy with like the vibe it gave me. <laughs> that yeah well because it's i mean what one of the great things about the first coming to america was that it really was a celebration of africa and yeah. in a in a way that you didn't have in that era and sure it's not accurate it's not a real country it's all of this but it was a movie that if you watched that there was a sense of pride in africanness and african-americanness and so for a sequel to be set in Africa and to be as rich as anything and as gorgeous, everybody in that movie looks gorgeous. Everybody is dressed beautifully. Like it, it's fun. The, the, the beginning of it, I thought was very funny. Um, I wish James Earl Jones was in more of the movie. Oh. His stuff is so good. Um, oh, forgot how much I missed him. Cause we haven't had him on screen in a yep. while, but Love him so much. yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fine. For me, I wasn't, I don't know. I, I agree with you that I don't think anybody should have had a reason to be angry at it. But people did. It was so I know, weird. It it's was really so weird. weird. Yeah. It's so weird how th- people want to make things especially, like, I'm not, like, it doesn't feel this way with dramas and with more serious down the middle movies. It feels that way with, with genre, comedy, horror. Yeah. People want to be like, this was bad or this was good. But, like, that's it's so reductive. If you didn't like it, it wasn't bad. Yeah, people, especially on comedy, people just get, I don't know, I guess it's, especially for that nostalgic stuff, right? If they had said, we're going to do a sequel to Clue or a sequel to Bachelor Party, I don't know, all these movies that people have come to embrace in a way that you can't see it clearly anymore, like, then, I don't know, just the, the... just don't watch it. <laughs> if if you are so loaded on your old references and feelings that you're just going to say it's not as good as the first one, then just don't watch it and don't complain about it. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's, there are so many things coming out all the time and so many different streaming services yeah. and this original and that, and, but I got to keep up with the theatricals. People take what other people say very seriously, yeah. more so than I think I've ever seen. And I think that's because there's so many options. So if, and if someone sees enough people on their timeline say, oh, coming to America was bad or don't bother yeah. or I'm underwhelmed, they won't check it out. And it 
And we've already seen this tanks movies. It, it yeah. tanked. Um, no, it's uh, a prey. Um, Wrinkle in Time. Yep. It, it tanked. Yeah, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey didn't really tank, but like critically, like it. There was a the the incorrect messaging was being sent. Mm-hmm. Critically. Yep. Yeah. And, and I don't want to talk about the turning again on this podcast, but like it just it's really frustrating because you see and and, and like look look I get what I'm saying here. I just said a bunch of lady things, and now I'm going to say a black thing, and also Thunder Force, which was a lady thing. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. Maybe I see a trend. Maybe I see that people don't like black things and lady things. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if all these white guy critics don't see themselves reflected on, on their screens, they can't seem to like it. Maybe we should teach empathy. Yeah. Um, it's just really frustrating. Yeah. And also just the negativity. I don't know. It, it's rare for like with them. I did feel really strongly about it where I felt like I'm like this. I don't this. This is making me angry. But in general, like, if I don't like something, I just don't like it. I don't need to yeah. – oh, the worst thing, and I, I think I stopped myself before doing this. I'm sure sometimes I can't resist, and I hope most people who do this do it only after really not being able to resist. Somebody will put um, – and again, we're in movie groups of varying sorts. Somebody puts a post on, I don't know, a movie – Eurovision, which will be the next comedy I watched. Um, hey, I thought this was funny. The comment section – this sucked this is stupid everybody in the movie should die like just why like i I liked this thing i thought it was funny actually all the jokes are derivative of this and this and this okay i'm glad that you had to tell me i was wrong for liking something like don't do it people don't do it yeah Yeah. like comedy is super subjective just like yeah comedy and art yeah the the most subjective of all the genres like they're super subjective so like don't say something just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. When will yeah. people realize that? Yeah. And when have you gotten mad and gotten shitty about any movie? I know when we've gotten really shitty about a movie, it's when somebody got hit in the vagina with an axe. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that. I feel like it's not just because like that that we didn't like that the remake of that movie that had ladies in it. <laughs> right. I don't know. The, the the shots people fire the weirdest shit is like so just say you're sexist and go exactly just say you didn't like it because it's directed by a lady it's okay we get it okay. we know <laughs> we know it it's okay it's yeah, not okay it's but we're just gonna say it's okay because we don't want to keep having this conversation with you yeah yeah good times i liked eurovision too it's cute yeah it was cute i will say um it like because i know there are people who are so like oh good will ferrell I kind of, I almost wish he was not in it or a smaller part in it because the Rachel McAdams stuff is so great and just, I forget what a treasure she is. We, re- re- we re- oh, I had already seen it. Brandon hadn't. We watched Game Night last night. Oh, um, so good. So good. So good. I like, it was one of those, I watched it once and I'm like, I really like this. I, it's hard to really find like good, or, like, to, to pick a modern comedy that I know me and Brandon could sit down together and watch. And I'm like, you know what? I want to watch this movie with you. I think you will find it funny. And he did, and I was very happy. Yeah, it's it's a really good one. I was oh, yeah. very, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, my other two comedies. Uh, one was your recommendation. <laughs> this was on. I think it was Hulu. Save yourselves. The oh, alien, yeah. the I little triple movie. alien invasion. This was a, a delight. I loved it. Yeah, so good. Very, very much. Um, hadn't heard anything about it. Uh, you had vouch for it. It's on Hulu, I believe. Little fun sci-fi 
I would call it a comedy more than anything, but it is like kind of heavy sci-fi elements at times, but yeah, just yeah. adorable and fun and sweet and all that. Uh, and then the last one, I guess I'll put in comedy. I don't know where else it goes. Freeway 2. Confessions of a Trick Baby. Are you seeing this? Oh, I didn't like this. I don't like any of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we covered the first Freeway a couple of years ago. Yeah. I covered the second one on a podcast oh, like 15 years ago. I didn't ago. know that. Yeah, this, I I had always want. this was one that I looked for forever and it was not available commercially for a long time. It's on Amazon Prime now. I don't know if that will last or not. Uh, it. I had mixed feelings on it because it's, I mean, again, it's Matthew Bright. It's very, it's his humor, which is weird and dark and um, aggressive. Uh, Natasha Lyonne, I think, is great. I, I think she is perfect. She is somebody who should be in Matthew Bright movies. Yeah. Uh, it's it's odd. I can't tell if it is. Um, I, I don't know where its heart lies, and if like, I and I wonder on this what what kind of cult following it has on if there are people who really feel as though because there's uh, there is a you know it's a lesbian movie to an extent. Um, yeah. There is a trans character, kind of. I don't know how all of this translates today, how it's read. I'd be curious to kind of read more on on how more people feel about it. Uh, I don't know if I enjoyed it. I, I did and I didn't at times. I was like, ugh. And other times I was like, oh, no, I'm back into it. And I was back and forth on it quite a bit. Um, I, again, I watched it 15 some odd years ago. Did not like it. Found it very painful and difficult to get through. I'm a different person now, so hmm. who knows? Yeah. Um, so yeah, if other if people out there really like it and rep for it, like I, I get it. Like it's cool. I just was in a different place when I saw it and didn't like it. Yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend it to you or not. I'm honestly not sure. I think there is stuff there. I think there is good stuff there or really interesting stuff there, but it is still a lot and not necessarily a pleasant viewing experience yeah um i had one more that i won't talk about. i'll just say people should watch it um it's from earlier so i don't think i talked about it so it's i saw barb and star go to vista del mar oh everybody loves this movie i haven't watched it yet i liked it too it's very absurd mm-hmm. um i didn't love it there are there are other comedies i talked about that i liked more this was definitely good and people should uh give it their money and attention Nice, nice. Um, I, yeah, I'm waiting to not give it money. I'm waiting for it to be yeah. streaming somewhere that I already give money to. Um, yeah. But yeah. I yeah. think it, it should be soon, I imagine. I would think, yeah. yeah. All right, let's move over to drama. Oh, I'm very dramatic. I feel like uh. I have a lot of dramas. Um, so I watched the Zack Snyder's Justice League. This, it was very dramatic. How, um, what, how did you feel about Zack Snyder's Justice League? It's like four parts. Oh, God. So I get that it's like like way long, but we watched it episodically. Like we watched a part. Oh, that's smart. Like, yeah. And that's done. Like we, every time we sat down, we were like, we're watching a part and then we're shutting it off like television. I like um, and I had, I had a very pleasant experience with it. I think because of that, I didn't feel like it was a slog. I got, I was happy to come back to it, like, oh, I get to see what's going on in uh, an old uh, Justice League land. Um, It was way better than that other nightmare mess that we had to (laughs) I haven't seen any of the stuff since Man of Steel, so. My my husband is a a Batman person. See, so Um, is mine, but mine is a, um, 
is a Batman person who feels like DC just doesn't understand how to film Batman. Oh, sure. That's great. Mine too. But it's neat that yours maybe doesn't like to watch it to yell about it. So, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, we, I sit through a lot and I, I, I probably would anyways for most of it, you know, because mm-hmm. I do like comic book stuff and um, I didn't like the other one. I, I barely remembered it. Like I mm. dumped it, it dumped out of my brain so fast. It was so, ugh. Um, this I liked, I didn't, it didn't change my life. I mean, I I guess I'm glad that this man had the movie that he meant to make get made. Um, I, I have been following quite closely all the Ray Fisher stuff. Yeah. Um, because it is tangentially Joss Whedon stuff. It's not even tangential, honey. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't want to boil what happened down to the actions of one man. They let him get away with. Oh, very much. Yeah. Too much. But what I, Joss Whedon has gone from like somebody that I don't find relevant, somebody that I don't care about, to somebody that I actively dislike, to somebody that I hate, to somebody that I wish never was around anybody that I whose yeah. work I liked. Like I am now like actively angry at him forever having to be around like marty noxon and like (laughs) like and 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 charisma carpenter like i hate it now so it's nice to see that this movie does have all like a lot of great ray fisher stuff in it and ray fisher's great in it and it's it's great that this exists but like uh, i i think it empowered a lot of mouthy people yeah um, in a real negative way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a question. Um, it's Zack Snyder. How homophobic and or homoerotic is it? Because that's what I come to Zack Snyder for. It wasn't homophobic. Weird. Maybe the Aquaman stuff was homoerotic. I'm just so used I to his stuff being su- su- simultaneously homoerotic and homophobic. Oh, I don't think so. I didn't get that energy. Okay, from good. This. I'm hoping that he's uh, grown up. I mean, I guess maybe he did know that it needed to be a little bit more accessible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I have a very complicated relationship with Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. He has simultaneously made some of my favorite movies and some of my least favorite yes. movies. And I don't really know how to deal with that. I, I, like, I, I think visually he does really cool things. And I think in terms of pacing, he can do really cool things. And I mean, you and I are big fans of the Dawn of the Dead remake. Uh, there are things about 300 that I, if that's on TV, I'll watch 300. I will watch it and say, why do you hate gay people so much when you clearly love men? But, you know, that's just part of so many of his films. Um, I also think he has, uh, yeah, and I mean, not to compare him to Joss Whedon, because I think they operate in alternate universes in a way, um, whereas both of them do one thing that I think is, Oh, not, I don't want to say dangerous, but sort of like can fall into a slippery slope. Uh, both have always uh, seemed to have a thing for quote unquote strong women, right? Yeah. And love yeah. athletic women and want to celebrate athletic women, which is great. But they also, in doing that, are very male gazy men doing this in ways that, especially now that we know more about Joss Whedon, just feels like. <laughs> So just yeah. compli- compli- complicated, complicated. But I feel like, I don't know. I think Zack Snyder has great great movies in him still. 
Uh, but oh, it's it's always a matter of him battling with some of his instincts, I think. I agree. Um, so, it, like, I would never tell anybody to watch this, mm. ever. But it was better than the the movie. And you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad Good. that his was better than the one that they thought should be yeah. made. Yeah. Because they were wrong. And sure. it was bad. So that makes me feel good because a big studio fucked up. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, hmm. I watched The Call with Halle Berry. She's like a 911 operator. Okay. I remember when this was coming out. Any, uh, anything? Yeah. I, apparently when I watched it March 22nd, I gave it three stars. Hey. So it's a three star out of five movie yeah. for me on March 22nd. Positive enough. Yeah. Um, it was fine. But, uh. This is where it starts to get weird. So we watched uh, 1997's Turbulence. (laughs) Um, Okay. I feel like you had had a bit of a, a, like, was it like a Wesley Snipes marathon? uh, Well, we we do get into that sometimes. Um, But yes, this was not a Wesley Snipes marathon. I believe this started a bit of a, there's multiple Turbulence movies. Okay. Turbulence is Ray Liotta and Lauren Hawley primarily. Okay. the rest of the cast is also interesting, and it is a who's who of people that you recognize. Nice. Uh, Ray Liotta is bananas in this. He is he's talking to himself. <gasps> he's freaking wise. Fun. He's full Liotta. And Lauren Hawley is really cool, and I liked her a lot. And it ends up being like like a really – it's a female-led action movie when you really get yeah, down to interesting. it. Like, it's like a backdoor female-led action movie. Like mm-hmm. it sneaks in there. And it's actually really good. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. Like it, I, w- I want to convince people to watch this. Like it's weird and people should watch it. I, I will give it, it a go. It was streaming somewhere. We'll I liked it. it a lot. It was weird. If you want like a 90s action movie – but like that's gonna surprise you. I would say turbulence is nice. Is your... Um, that I wouldn't call a drama. <laughs> so we got into a bit of a Halle Berry hole. Watched Perfect Stranger, which is a, a movie with Bruce Willis. Um, I I I want to believe this exists. It's just really hard to realize that Halle Berry and Bruce Willis were in a movie together that like nobody remembers. Yeah, it's bad. 2007, a journalist goes undercover to ferret out businessman Harrison Hill as her best friend's killer. Posing as one of his temps, she enters into a game of online cat and mouse. (laughs) Okay, okay, I'm kind of in. Yeah, imagine if that went as badly as it did. (laughs) Ah, yes! (laughs) So it it wasn't, I didn't like it at all. Okay. Um, So we watched Turbulence 3, Heavy Metal. Ooh, okay. Which has uh, a weird side plot with Gabrielle Anwar and Craig Sheffer. Ooh, that, I, they were, have been in movies together before, haven't they? They were married. The tw- they, they, they were betrothed for a while. Oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah, they would have yeah, very attractive. Them. God, the cheekbones on their children. Ooh. I just, not that I think Craig Sheffer's gay, but like after Rock Aliens, I was like, <laughs> is Craig Sheffer gay? So I, he's just, so he he he's so good in rock aliens and so unashamed of his like gorgeous masculinity yep. that I found it hard to believe that he was a straight man because most that. straight men can't do. Um, that's all I mean. So I went and looked and I was like, he was married to Gabrielle Anwar. They were in Turbulence Three. It was just a whole thing. <laughs> I went down. Nice tunnel. Is this, is this movie genuinely good? No, the first Turbulence is genuinely good. This movie is weird. 
And okay. I recommend it highly. I like that. I like to hear that. You don't need to have seen Turbulence 1 to see Turbulence That 3. is an important uh, bit of information. Thank you. Um, That's horror. I guess this is a drama. National Treasure Book of Secrets. <laughs> is that the second one? Third one? How many did they make of these? Uh, it's the second one. I think okay. they made two. Maybe they're making a new one now. That sounds right. Um, the first one, I just really didn't like. The ironic thing is, I feel like I like this one more, but I don't remember it at all. <laughs> I feel like so, these were designed to be kind of forgettable movies, though, weren't they? I mean, like, whether they were designed that way, they, they ended up that way. Diane Kruger is in them, and that's truly the best thing. I feel like they they might use her better in, in the second one. Okay. Because, you know, is she in the second one? Oh, yes, she is. It's like, did I make that up? No. She's just not billed first. Um yeah, I don't know. Don't watch them. Watch something <laughs> else. Um, I watched Entrapment with Catherine Zeta-Jones. And Sean Connery, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Christine, at that time, thought it was two stars good. But I'm going to tell you, yeah. I will think about this movie a lot. It's really weird. So she's like a cat burglar. I remember the ads where she's in like a black, really tight suit, right? Um, she does that thing in those black pants. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. That, that's all I remember of the marketing of that movie. Because at the time, and I mean still at the time, I remember thinking like, Catherine Zeta-Jones is the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah, and that was the marketing. They yeah. were like, Catherine Zeta-Jones, everybody. And in a tight like, black outfit. Okay, I'm in. Here's my $7. Yes. My $19.99 yeah, money. Yeah. Oh. Um, it, it's confusing. It's like a quadruple double cross. It's like a quadruple cross. Mm. It's it's too confusing. It's too convoluted. It could have been a tight, fun, weird, sexy spy thriller or whatever. Not spies, but like, um, it wasn't. It was weird. So, oh, so watch the client. The client. Never seen the client. I was in the nineties for a while. I think clearly, it's a good time. The client is uh, Susan Sarandon, Tommy Lee Jones, and Brad Renfro. Mm -hmm. Oscar nominated Susan Sarandon for that movie. Oh, was she? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and Mary Louise Parker, looking beautiful. But um, I had seen this a long time ago because I liked John Grisham movies when I was young. Um, but this is also directed by Joel Schumacher, which I don't <gasps> think that's right. Any- yeah. And occasionally he'll show up. Schumacher. Will show up. <laughs> oh, I'm here. Look at this weird thing. And I'm like, oh, thanks. But for the most part, it basically is a pretty straight um, adaptation. Yeah, but it's it's like a kid and a lady fighting mm-hmm. against the system, which is just so much more. And, they, and this is what I said to Zach after we watched it. I, this is one of the better depictions of poverty in a movie, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like either it's cartoonish or like poor people means that they, they like have a small house. <laughs> like the house is just small and like that maybe the kids have to sleep together in the same room but this was like a real like a poverty look how bad it is mm. but also realistic and not like insulting i don't know so yeah. for that i gave it a couple extra points because nice. I, I liked that are we gonna have a sci-fi section yes okay why not so i'll skip some. Um, I watched Conspiracy Theory, again, 97. What is my problem? Uh, That's Julia Roberts and Mel Gibson, right? Mel Gibson is intolerable. Uh, Well, obviously. 
like you know how sometimes you can like Mel Gibson sucks and sometimes you can like oh yeah that it's Mel Gibson for a minute uh, very much like- yeah he he Mel Gibson was is a really exciting screen presence if he is used so well that you forget that he is a racist misogynist asshole anti-semitic they, asshole they just let him riff and he's just like yeah 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 i'm riffing i'm mel gibson and he i'm gonna say there's a couple weird like asian jokes mm, yeah he's completely off the cuff and like at one point he's going through the metal detector and he's supposed to take his keys out you know because he's going through a metal detector and he flings them at a black cop's face and I was like, is this in the script? <laughs> yeah, he showed up on set that day, saw who was playing the cop, was like, oh, okay, I'll let me handle this part. And yeah. like, it's wild. It had, it had weird energy. Yeah. And it was also a 90s movie, so maybe it just was casual. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how we all were in the 90s. But at least we not forget ever that Julia Roberts is um, very good. I think that we forget sometimes as yeah. a society. Fair. She's good in this, but it's not a good movie. Um, we were talking about this on the internet literally days ago. Uh, I watched Perfect Getaway. Yes! Oh, the best. The best. I can, Zach had never seen it. Um, <gasps> you didn't watch the director's cut. Did you, did you watch the theatrical? That's a really... We streamed it. Okay. So I don't know which one. The theatrical. the theatrical one is so much better. The director's cut just takes two... During the big reveal, it just goes on too long. And it just kills the momentum of that movie. You know what? The reveal felt long in you this. You probably watched, I, yeah. Uh, either way, I this is maybe my fifth, fifth time so seeing it. Because I watched it and I do did something that I very rarely do with movies is I watched it again immediately. Mm. That's how much I liked it. Yeah. I still say that this is almost a perfect screenplay. I would um, agree. Yeah. And for those of you who don't or like Perfect Getaway, what is that? That is the movie that came out at the wrong time of year. And nobody went to see it. It stars um, a young, shirtless Chris Hemsworth, yep, very- uh, Marley Shelton. Those yep. are just the two smallest parts. And then it's, what is it? Steve Zahn, Mila Jovovich, mm-hmm. um, uh, the amazing, incredible T- Timothy Oliphant, who clearly read this character and was like, okay, but what if I made him a little more interesting? And what is that actress? Is it Kylie Sanchez? Maybe. I don't remember her oh, name. She's so cute. If you watched Lost, remember the two characters? Paula? Is it Paula? Was it is Nico and Paula? And Paula? Nico and... Oh, she was like a joke on Lost because they didn't know what to do with her. But she yeah. is the most charming, adorable creature in this movie. Timothy Oliphant is so funny and weird. Yep. Mil Jovovich <laughs> looks amazing. Everybody looks amazing. They're all hot. They're filming in Puerto Rico, standing in for Hawaii. It's gorgeous. It's twisty. It is so good. Do you think that, do you feel like Timothy Oliphant's character is kind of an extension of his character from Scream 2? Ooh, I, well, I think Timothy Oliphant is is weird. Um, when I, you read, inter- when you watch him in interviews, you realize like, oh, he he is a weird guy in the body of a Hollywood leading man. I love it. He's so weird and hot. And he's yeah. so weird. So in Scream 2, he's obviously the killer. But imagine a world where he's not the killer in Scream 2. He's just in a film class being weird. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's in this movie talking so much about movies being weird and intense. With a weird accent, with a something accent. I don't know what. It's perfect. 
he's he always every time I watch it he surprises me as a standout like I'm always like I love Mila in this and Steve Zahn again another one you forget how good Steve Zahn can be because he 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 is exactly who you think Steve Zahn's gonna be and then he does he switches and you're like wait this is really what Steve Zahn is Uh oh it's so good it's so good and it it and when you watch it knowing everything that's gonna happen Uh It's even, it has even better, like yep. lines are very loaded. Have yep. you ever noticed that? There's lines of dialogue where, where a dude says like lots of twists and turns up ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's so on the nose. Yeah. But it, and it's it, one of those movies that reads perfectly well. Once you know everything, you go back. It's, it's, I mean, it's like an Agatha, I always say, I made the mistake of the first Agatha Christie novel I read was And Then There Were None. And that is a perfect book and it is a perfect mystery. And there is no mystery that is better than that mystery. And as soon as I finished reading it, I went back and reread the first like 50 pages. and was like, oh my God, it's all there, but it's not there. And how brilliant is this? And yeah. 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 I love it. If, if you, It's streaming. I think it's on Hulu, but we've been watching a lot of these um, movies on Tubi. Mm-hmm. I keep, um, yeah, I keep meaning to watch more Tubi, but because every I know they have like a crazy selection of just some stuff that's really hard to find elsewhere. And it's a lot like I, like a lot of '90s stuff that hits like a a good tone for yeah. me right now. Um, they have ads, but like it's it's not that bad, right? Um, and they, it's not the Roku channel ads that are super volume and inappropriate to what you're watching. But they they also give you a little countdown, like ad coming up in nine eight, so you can prepare, which is nice. <laughs> that, that is, um, yeah. I do enjoy that. Um, I find it jarring, but also Perfect Getaway, I believe, is on Hulu as well. Okay. So this is my call to everyone to watch it. Yeah, seconded. And I think that's all my my drama. drama. All right, I have some '90s drama. Uh, two Netflix rent again. I still get Netflix rentals, and th- this I guess these movies might be streaming somewhere on like Tubi because they're just the kind of movies that are hard to find otherwise. I'm gonna pair them together because I feel like they kind of go together. Immortal Beloved and The Last of the Mohicans. Oh, I've never seen either. Really, I ha- I had not either. Um, Immortal Beloved is it's ba- it's Gary Oldman as Beethoven. Uh, good cast around him. It's directed by Bernard Rose, who did Candyman. Oh, yes, yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. You said it, I knew who you meant. Really? Does it look good? It looks good. Yeah, certainly. It's, yeah, you, you know. It? Say that again. Should I watch this movie? You should, because I didn't love it, but I feel like I should have. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what what didn't get me about it. I think, part, I know what part of it is. I think Beethoven is the least interesting thing in it yeah and and it it kind the movie kind of knows that but kind of doesn't um because when it ended brandon said to me he's like well it's not about beethoven it's about the women in his life like yes but beethoven is such an ass because the women are great it's isabella rossellini valeria valino these beautiful titans of the 90s and they do like the movie does give them their stories but beethoven is just such the spoiled artist that it was like all of his stuff as soon as he's throwing a tantrum i'm bored and i have to wait now until the next woman comes back on screen for that story to happen so it it didn't do what i wanted it to do i think i also like wanted more music um 
because there's like little things about, you know, what a musical genius he is and what he can do with music. And I want to see that and feel that. I don't want to just be told that here and there because it's not really much about his music. It's more about him just sleeping with a bunch of women and being an asshole. So I didn't love it. Um, you said but I, it was Gary Oldman? It's Gary Oldman. Yeah. I See, I am, I don't, to, Barry, so people, some, some people are like, I love Gary Oldman. So I don't, I'm neutral on Gary Oldman. Like I, I won't see something because he's in it, but I mm-hmm. won't actively avoid it. You know, yes, but I feel like asking him, he, he, what you just said makes, makes me feel neutral until I realize it's Gary Oldman that I'm going to have to watch. Mm, and I'm like, mean. oh, I'm out because yeah. I give a fuck about him. Is he Dracula? No, then I don't. <laughs> yeah. And I wish he had played it more as Dracula. Like it's, oh, it's right around that time. It's it's this is I think yeah. ninety four or so. So it's right there, and it just it yeah. It, I don't know. It didn't ugh, like it was frustrating because I think I also knowing it was Bernard Rose. Like I I really wanted to love it and I just didn't. Um, and then Last of the Mohicans is Michael Mann, uh, mm-hmm. and it's Daniel Day Lewis. It's Daniel Day Lewis. Looking. <laughs> So, and I was trying to figure out, I'm like, Haley Lewis and it's, and him and Madeline Stowe are the couple in it, and they are so gorgeous together. And I'm also watching it and thinking, like, is Daniel Day-Lewis hot, or is he just so good an actor that he's acting hot? Like, he knows this character's supposed to be hot, so we can turn it on like that. But I think he is actually just very hot. Um, this, is, this is good. This is, um, I think it, for its time, tried very hard and admirably, admirably to... Uh, deal with indigenous people in a way that was employing indigenous actors and yeah. like telling their story, even though it is like everything else told through a white man. Um, you, you know, it's, it's, I never saw Dan- Dance of the Wolves, so I don't know how it compares. I'm sure everybody compared them at the time because this came out like a year later. Uh, it, the, the score is amazing. And this is very much an epic, looks gorgeous. It's a good, like, I think you would enjoy this when you watch it one of these days. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, we, Brandon had never seen it, and I was kind of one, it felt I owed it a rewatch. Also a Netflix disc. A uh, little guy named Ryan Johnson's debut movie, Brick. I love Brick. It's so good. It, you know, I, I, kind of felt like on a lark like you know like Brandon like likes mysteries I'm like and you you know I want to just watch another Ryan Johnson movie so it's aged well it's good everybody and it's great it's a great cast um the tone he manages to get which is um you know this sort of detective story 40s style but not forcing it like and that's a really hard line to tow and it's really fun to watch and and realize, like, to watch Brick and then to watch Knives Out. Like, because you see, oh, I understand you as a filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. I always say I liken Brick um, a lot to, like, watching a Shakespeare adaptation. Yes. Because it's so immersive. It's so immersive that you need a minute to to almost, like, learn the language. Yep, yep. Again, even though it's English and you get it. Like there's a, a cadence and a and a totally and a tonality to it that like you need to buy into or else you're just watching a mess. Mm-hmm. You need to let yourself be part of that movie. So when people say they don't like it 
or they, I've heard people say they hate it or it's bad. Like I, I get, I think that you didn't look, I think that you didn't let the movie in. Yep. I I would agree. and that's how I feel about Shakespeare because like it always felt to me, I don't know, but like the first maybe half a scene or scene of a Shakespeare adaptation, you're just finding your footing. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't know what's going on. This is too much. It's too much. Yeah. Um, it's intimidating and, until you realize, oh no, I, I get it. As long as you're the right actors doing Shakespeare tell you, you understand everything they're saying, but it does take a minute to get into it. So I, I, that is a, in my opinion, for a first outing, that's oh. a feat of strength. Oh yes, yeah. So no matter how rough around the edges it is, I'll always rep it because, like, you do that, you go do that. Totally. I don't, yeah. I can't. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I want to watch that too. You should rewatch it. Yeah. Uh, another movie, I don't know if you ever heard of this. Um, a lot of people talk about it. I, I'd never seen it. Uh, Brandon had. Uh, it's, it's this movie from, you know, it's a Best Picture winner that I'd never seen, uh, Casablanca. I've never seen Casablanca either. I had a feeling that was going to be your response to that, so I don't feel so bad. I mean, it's one of those ones, and we've talked about this, this happens, where you, you feel like you, you get it, you've seen the references, you can get a joke, you know a Casablanca reference, you could probably even pick out a movie still, you know who's in it. So we'll watch it. That's how I get it. And that's, and I mean, I was the same way, uh, but I was also one of those like, yeah, sure. Okay. Let me sit down and watch it. And the thing is, it's really good. (laughs) It's totally worth watching. Um, The thing about movies of this era, and it's, I'm talking, I guess, really like late thirties to like early fifties, but primarily the 1940s. The thing about those movies, and boy, do I sound old when I say this. (laughs) It's that the they understood the importance of good writing and the dialogue in Casablanca is so sharp and funny and witty and quick. And sure, there's a love story and there's tragedy and there's war and all of these things that like we think that's why this movie is so great. It's, oh, it's a wartime movie and it's a romance and they don't end up together. So isn't that great? But then you watch it, you're like, no, no, no. It's it's great because the dialogue is so good and it's funny and it's quick and um, it it really is worth a watch. Uh, it 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 is. I I don't you know know that I'll go on and say, oh yeah, it's the greatest movie ever made. But I would never argue if somebody wanted to say it was. It's really wonderful. And funny, again, like you, I, I think so many of, of these kinds of movies, a lot of times I'm like intimidated to watch because I'm thinking like, I don't know if I want something that big right now. But yeah. what makes these movies so good so so much of the time, and the reason why I think this was a movie that connected to, you know, film goers like crazy when it came out is just the little things about it that are so clever and and quick and that that really make you just into it as soon as it starts. So you should watch it. It's great. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, so my next batch of dramas uh, before we close out this section are a bunch of Academy Award nominees and winners, I suppose. Okay. So I did go on a bit of a run. I tried some free time and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to watch as many Oscar movies as I can. Uh, so I did watch Best Picture and Director win- and Actress winner Nomadland. It's very good. Here's the thing. Yeah. Did you see it? No, I haven't. I don't. I haven't fucked with any modern drama. Gotcha. I get it. 
Um, did you see with uh, Leave No Trace with Ben Foster? No, I'm still afraid to watch it. it yeah. Seems- so here's the thing. Nomadland is a very good movie. I am happy for its success. But I'm but watching that movie and then afterwards and the praise that movie has gotten has just made me kind of angry that why did nobody give Leave No Trace the same attention? Because Leave No Trace came out maybe two or three years ago. It's Deborah Granick who did Winter's Bone. Mm-hmm. And it is a somewhat similarly themed story. It's about people living off the grid, um, people who've gone through tragedy and are trying to connect with society or, or stay away from society. And I just think Leave No Trace is is so... Leave No Trace did things to me emotionally that Nomadland didn't. And whether mm-hmm. that was I was in a different place when I watched them... Um, or maybe I watched Nomadland in two parts. I don't know. But I just never, I, I admire Nomadland, but I never got immersed into it. And I just, and again, then I have this chip on my shoulder thinking, well, Leave No Trace was more effective for me. But I don't know, you should still watch Nomadland. I mean, you know that, I'm not, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, man. Like, they just, what's nominated and what gets traction for awards is, is often political. Like, oh, you're sure. Not, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we are in a place, I'm not saying anything negative about Nomadland because I haven't seen it, but, like, we're in a place where we want we want to show, we want to prove that we're diverse. Yeah. And look, we know that, that ladies and people of color make movies, too. Look, look at all of them. We'll mm-hmm. give them all nominations. And that's great because we should be recognizing good work by diverse creators, but it also means the years that they didn't decide that this was important. Yeah, you're right. People that didn't get recognized. Yeah. It fucking sucks, but I mean, I guess it has to start somewhere, and maybe things like this will stick, yeah. and this just become maybe this forced—I don't want to say forced diversity because that doesn't—that makes it sound really bad, right? Like, it's more this um, forced ability or uh, requirement that you have to watch all the movies, or you have to watch the movies that came out that you thought in past years. Oh well, we already did the winter's bone thing so we don't need to do another deborah granick movie like or the okay we had a, a black man one last year so we don't need to like no now i do think it's a little more i mean this was a more diverse oscars that's great the movies that were put out there i mean the truth because i didn't see uh the five bloods or judas and the black messiah which were two because that was one of the things was you had a lot of high profile black movies and some of them got nominations but nothing best picture was i think just judas and the black messiah spike lee didn't get nominated like you had some of that discussion up there and it's tough because then you also look and i'm like you know i saw ma rainey's black bottom i think viola davis was fantastic i think chadwick boseman was fantastic i don't think the movie was a best picture and it was not nominated for best picture and i don't think that had anything to do with it being a black movie, I think it was just people watched it and said, eh, it felt like a play filmed as a movie. Yeah, that, that's what it did. And that's probably why it wasn't nominated for as much. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a it's a tough thing to grapple with. And I would never say, hey, we're good. We're at the point where we're diverse because I don't think they are. I think they still have a lot of problems. Um, but I do think it was a better year for Oscar movies, I guess. I my thing with the movies I watched this year was I had no stakes in the Oscars whatsoever because I just, I didn't have passion for anything. Yeah. I didn't, the only thing I really didn't like, I watched a Gravestone. <laughs> I chiseled that into my headstone. I didn't have passion didn't for have anything. Didn't have passion for anything. The only movie of the ones I watched that I actively didn't like and didn't finish was Mank. 
but and that was I just couldn't do it I watched maybe 40 minutes of it didn't care thought it looked ugly I thought the movie looked hideous and dark and muddy and I don't understand how it won cinematography but I just I gave up on that one but the rest of them like Trial of Chicago 7 I watched and actually and enjoyed it way more than I thought I would um Promising Young Woman it's when you watch that I'd love to talk to you about it I am very mixed on it. I know people are very opinionated one way or the other on it. I am not. I am, again, happy for its success. I am happy for conversations it started. But I also watch that movie and think of the many movies I've seen in my life that have told similar stories and didn't get the same recognition. You you didn't see it, right? No, but okay. I, I know the plot. I got way too involved in, in conversations about it. Yeah, stuff, it's so. it's one of those that like I that was the only one I think I actually paid to watch because I was I'm like, I feel like of all the ones, this is the one that is made for me. And when it was over, I kind of just didn't feel I kind of felt like, OK, I admire choices made. I think there were some really smart things going on in that. I think Harry Mulligan was great. Um, I will be happy anytime Clancy Brown gets to put in a movie Mm -hmm. uh but i don't know i and i know people have anger at that movie and and there are other people who celebrate that movie tremendously i i just didn't feel that much so there's that the only one that really has stuck with me um and this surprised me because i liked it when i watched it and i thought oh that's a good movie but it's the one that i i really do keep thinking of and that was sound of metal yeah i i know a lot of people like this one too that it's, I mean, Riz Ahmed is great. Uh, is it Olivia? What's her last name? The Emma from um, the Norman Bates Bates Motel is is also very good in it, and didn't get much conversation going around her. But I thought she was could have been a supporting actress nominee. Um, this it, it's it's a good movie, but it and it's very specific, right? It is, it is about a man going deaf, but there is a lot more to it I think and the more I have left the movie the more I have thought about other aspects of it and it's you know it's also about addiction you can make other metaphors of what it is but I think that is the one that has really stuck with me in terms of making me think about different things so I would recommend seeking that one out it's on Amazon well that's good to know because yeah I don't you know I don't get into I don't tend to watch movies unless there's some kind of genre angle Mm -hmm. totally I don't usually watch straight down the middle. Um, Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I make an exception for the Oscars sometimes. This was one of those times. So it's nice to know if there's an exceptional example. Yeah, Yeah. and I would say Sound of Metal. I think it's just, it's, it is asking more questions and putting out different ideas, I think, about even just like self-peace and like so much of it is obviously he's going deaf and the idea of not being able to live with silence, which can mean a lot of things, right? Um, and the final shot of that movie and the final moment of that movie, I do actually keep thinking of. As as somebody who's a loud person and who's somebody that needs a certain amount of stimulation around me at all times, um, it's, yeah, it, it, it's, an, it's a good one. It's a very good one, I think. All right. Um, should we take a break before coming back to the last of our genres? Yeah, let's take a quick break. Okay, sounds good. What do you want from us? Oh, good question, Earthling. It seemed like it was time for a change. Time to take a trip to see the exciting places in the galaxy. For you see, nothing. 
We've got horror. We've got sci-fi. We've got horror and sci-fi. So, Christine, <laughs> tell me about your sci-fi. Um, sci-fi. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, you did it. You son of a bitch, you did it. I don't think that I liked it. Mm. Um, so, my review of it was essentially... Wait, I left a review on Letterboxd. Let's see what I wrote. <laughs> I did not see it. It was certainly a Wingard movie. So yeah, <laughs> all I can say is they let Adam Wingard make a Godzilla and Kong movie. I mean, good for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was the movie that that guy would make. <laughs> but with Godzilla and like Kong, it. it wasn't for me. But like, they let him do it. <laughs> so is it weird? There's some weird stuff. Okay. There's there's some weird choices. It looks wild when they're fighting. It is it is a it is a neon dream when they're fighting. It's wild. Okay. The, all the human stuff is super boring. Mm-hmm. Typical. But it really there the fights are really like a little boy who grew up in the '80s playing with action figures. Oh, and, okay. And, it, and like there is a there's a there's a joy and like a like a like it, it really knows what it's doing, mm. and I, and I appreciate that. Like it very much feels pleasant and not like a slog. Do you like, think for also, you this was like the best case scenario of a Godzilla vs Kong movie? Um, because it's not your genre, right? It's not your thing. It's not my genre, but at its heart, what they've tried to make these movies is our character studies. They're about the humans interacting with these godlike creatures. Mm-hmm. And none of the movies have effectively done that, except Skull Island, which, right. I, whatever. I know. But, um, but the, the Godzilla movies specifically have not successfully done that. They spend so much time with the people, and then it's not interesting. Yes. And it could be interesting. <laughs> it should be interesting. But, um, <laughs> as far as the, the two characters, like, in a battle, yeah, this is the best case scenario for me. Okay. Because it, it looks like the guest, but if the guest was, <laughs> if uh, Dan, what's it, Dan Simmons was actually a thirty-story yeah. lizard. Yes. Um. I, whatever. If you're not inclined to watch it, I don't think you'll get anything on it. Yeah, um, I. Yeah, I don't know. Brandon's gonna watch it. If I'm home, I'll watch it. <laughs> if not, I will not. That's that's my review. <laughs> um, I watched Red Planet. Which is a movie? What is this movie? I mean, I know that's Mars. Yes. Red so Planet. it's uh, Val, Val Kilmer, Carrie Ann Moss. Okay. Um, Times Tom Sizemore, um, the Mentalist. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Terrence Stamp is in this. Terrence Stamp is in it. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
it's actually not bad. Interesting. I have vague memories of this. I feel like this was a bomb. Yes. Right? Apparently. Okay. Yeah. It. I liked it. Um, Carrie Ann Moss is really good in it. Mm. And I'm, I don't want, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I do think people should watch it. And why I gave it four out of five stars is for any of its failings. Um, it manages to be in the, in the end, it is a love story where the woman saves the man. Yeah, so. Okay. That's something. Well, if you boil it down, that's why I was like, oh, I like this. So. I think I always just got this confused with Mission to Mars. Oh, yeah. They're all, I mean, but no. But yeah. <laughs> Less M&Ms and product placement. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so the same director that did A Perfect Getaway. Did David Chewy. Yeah, I don't know how to say his name, so I'm not going to. I'm just guessing it's that way. It, it sounded really good. Thank you. Um, we watched The Arrival, which is Charlie Sheen. Oh um, yeah, this is the Mars. This is when he was like almost a real actor right before he went off the deep end. This movie is weird, mm-hmm. but I think I liked it a lot. Somebody, it, it might have been like an Ebert pick. Like somebody, I remember like it not getting much traction, but there was one or two critics that really were like, "No, no, this is a great movie." Yeah, it really—it's about aliens in a way that I didn't. It's like really about aliens. I had no idea. Hmm. I thought it was like a space movie and look to the stars, but like it's legitimately got aliens in it. It's about aliens. I had no idea. (laughs) But um, similarly to Mel Gibson, I don't believe that Charlie Sheen is Mel Gibson level at all. Um, I don't, I don't particularly enjoy looking at either one of them. Sure. Yeah. But, but Charlie Sheen is very good, I think. And he, he can get you to forget that you're watching Charlie Sheen. Interesting, because I would probably say Mel Gibson is a worse human being, but a better actor. But I... Mm. I think that you're, you said something extremely accurate about Mel Gibson. Somebody needs to, to keep him in line. Or, or, mm-hmm. he is, or he, is, he vamps too much. Right, He's right, right. Yeah, he, unrestrained Mel Gibson is, is not a good thing for your movie. It's not a good thing. But but I think maybe a little bit of unrestrained Charlie Sheen is actually really compelling. Okay, that's fair. Um, I thought this movie was really fun and weird. Interesting. Yeah, I, I might check it out. I always remember being curious to watch it, but just never got around to it. All of these weird 90s movies are probably on Tubi. <laughs> nice. I've, watched, I've single-handedly watched every movie I missed in the 90s. Um, and then we watched Minority Report. Um, I've never seen that beginning to end. Which I don't, if I had seen it, I dumped it out because mm. I had no idea. I really didn't like it. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Some people love that movie. Yeah, and I guess that makes sense and it's okay. But like, I don't know. Every time Tom Cruise is on screen, I was like, ugh. <laughs> um, Colin Farrell. Why didn't anybody tell me how hot Colin Farrell was? Like, I feel like I just realized it the last couple of years. See, I'm more of a Colin Farrell in his, like, post-hot career. I think him in, like, the last 10 years when he's not not trying to be hot anymore, now I'm like, oh, you're a really good actor. I didn't know that when you were trying to be hot. No, but see, it's for me, it's across the board. Like, he's hot all Oh, the you time. find him hot now. Okay, interesting. Young him, old him, him and the lobster, so hot. But, like, maybe it was seeing him older and not trying made me appreciate how, like, hot I get he, was, it. he was young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 
But like, go watch Fright Night, everybody. I've said it before. I'll say it again. <laughs> I was wrong. I said he was bad in Fright Night. I am wrong, and I am bad. I forgive you. <laughs> Thank you. So those are my sci-fi. Everything okay. else is more horror. Yeah. All right. Before I get to my horror list, the only other lingering one I had. Um, which I wonder if we should table this for like a long conversation is Wonder Woman 1984. Oh yeah, I did. You know I watched that. I said you, that. yes, and you. Um, I believe you didn't want to say too much to me, but you kind of led me to believe you liked it more than most people. Yeah, and that is accurate. Did yeah. you like it? Um, no, here's my biggest problem with it. Aside from the um weird uh moral quandary of the Chris Pine in another man's body thing which did I did not like uh the other part to it that just made me like angry watching it I'm like it's not necessarily this movie's fault I just I'm kind of done with superhero movies because why did we have to have two villains in this movie and Brandon immediately said well because then you could sell two sets of toys and I'm like I know but if you had had this movie about Kristen Wiig as the villain or you had this movie as Pedro Pascal as the villain, boy, would it have been more interesting and given us time to care about anything. It is so crowded and yet wasting time that it just killed me how much I didn't care because the movie didn't understand that I needed time to care. Yeah. 100%. 100%. DC set a really dangerous... Pre- so Marvel, again, broad strokes, everyone. Marvel says, we're going to give you a shadow of a villain. We're not even going to really give you a villain. It's not even going to be a real thing. Red Skull, ugh. Mm. Zemo, ugh. Here you go, Ultron, meh. You get kind of a villain. And DC has always been, and this is from Tim Burton Batman era. Mm, DC yeah. They might have two villains. Yep. And you're like, uh okay, well, one's going to be Bane while the other one is Poison Ivy. Like, I don't... Yeah. What am I supposed to do with all of this? Um, there's not enough time. And this is a two and a half hour movie and there's still not enough time. And what I said was I liked it so much more when Wonder Woman wasn't around because she wasn't... The thing is, she wasn't even the most interesting thing. And there were too many characters and yeah. other ones were way more engaging than she was. So just show me that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I don't I mean, I went in expecting a train wreck just because I know how much people hated it. I've seen worse. Um, it And there were things, again, like there were things I liked. I would take a standalone Kristen Wiig movie, but not when you're cramming her character arc into every 25 minutes we get back to her. And I, I'm supposed to know her motivation. I forget her motivation at this point. Is, is she bad? Why is she bad? I don't remember. It, well, yeah. Here's the thing, and it's very, um, they're thinking very short term. When you, when you don't develop a villain, sure, you can sell two sets of toys to people who are completists or who haven't mm-hmm. seen the movie or kids who should be your demographic. But say you do something wild like Marvel did in Thor and you actually take your time with Loki and you build an engaging, nuanced, leveled character, you have a fucking powerhouse that is selling merch and driving a television show. And getting his own television show and everything else, yeah. Why don't you wait and invest in a character instead of trying to rush me to... uh, You know how many many bullshit toys and bullshit things I would have with with Kristen Wiig on it if they actually made her the focal point of the movie? It's a shame. 
Like, sell her to me, motherfuckers. That's yeah. what you're doing. And you're I mean, the two- minute that uh, DC or Warner Brothers did Man of Steel and then their next movie was Batman versus Superman, you were just like, okay, I see what we're doing here. <laughs> like, and it's it's probably never going to work. And to my estimation, it has not yet. No. It's yeah. frustrating. But yeah, yeah I yeah. I And it's a weird thing where I'm like, you know, but I bet part three could be good. Like, as much as I'm tapped out, like, I don't even need to see, I don't know, we haven't watched, we watched WandaVision, which I thought was great. We have not I watched love- Captain uh, Captain Winter, Soul, whatever the other one is. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I need to watch it. Like, I don't know. People seem to like it. That's great. But I don't know if I care. Like, I'm kind of, I don't know. It's, it's great. Kids love it. Great. They, yeah, fine. It employs a lot of actors and a lot of crew and everything else. It's just, even on WandaVision, that was my biggest problem, was I was there for the weird stuff. I was there for the emotional stuff. I was sobbing at the end of it. But boy, did I not need it to ever turn into a superhero story. And every time it did, it lost me. And yeah, you know, that's it. I liked WandaVision a lot. I thought WandaVision was really good from from head to tail. Mm -hmm. Um, Zach wasn't as sold on it. I was willing to give uh, Silver Arm and his friend uh, a, a shot. I watched, I think, two full episodes. I started to fall asleep in the mm-hmm. middle of the third. I was not impressed. And I said, in the second episode, I said, oh, is this going to be just, I don't know, eight episodes of of Marvel trying to convince us it's okay that they're going to let a black guy be Captain America? Oh, yeah. And- literally was <laughs> but but you know what would have happened people would have fucking hated it he's no chris Hemsworth. sure what this show essentially did look i've only read recaps i haven't watched all of it what the show essentially did was tell us hey guys get on board here's eight hours to get on board with this <laughs> you like him you feel you're familiar with him look at the alternative kurt russell's kid you hate him you hate him <laughs> Give it to this other guy. You like him. You can trust him. It really felt like that. Mm. And I, and that could be other people's, other people could think I'm not accurate at all and maybe being reductive, but we see what happens when we made, when we did a female four in the comic books, at least it, there was a lot of pushback on that. Shocking. What? Uh, no. I'm curious how they're going to handle it in the movie when, when we finally get Jane Foster four. But, like, I really feel like that's what Marvel did. They knew they had to build the groundwork mm. for viewers to buy in to Anthony Mackie as, as, as Cap, which is a shame. Yeah. You should have just made him, but, like, whatever, it's fine. I, I mean, I go back to it, I'm like, you know, all you motherfuckers had to do was cast Donald Glover as Spider-Man, and we wouldn't be in any of this. They've made so many bad yeah. decisions. Yeah. But... All right, let's uh, dive into horror. Not surprisingly, oh, it's my deepest will. Yeah, maybe not mine, but I have some good stuff. Yeah, right, let's hear it. Um, this could have been classified in comedy, but I'll do horror. I believe it's on Shutter. It's Slacks. Oh, S-L-A. the Killer Pants movie. I have not watched it yet. What do you think? Transcendently good. Oh, nice, nice. Just fully amazing. Um, cool. I loved it. I can't. It's funny and goofy, and it's exactly what a Killer Pants movie should be. Ooh, yeah, I like hearing anything, that. Anything can be good. Any idea can be good. Completely. And that this one was really good. Nice. Um, Twelve-hour shift, which is the Angela Bettis movie. Yes. Um, I have been intrigued to watch that because the 
I can't remember if it's the writer or the director also did an, a movie on Shutter that I watched um, called Lucky. Bray, yeah, Bray Grant. Lucky. Bray, Bray Grant, yeah. So Lucky's amazing. I watched it during the Nightstream Film Festival thing we did. Lucky is great. Um, Lucky so, is weird. Right. Lucky is doing really cool things and asking really interesting questions. And I don't think I even got all the questions, but I was so intrigued and excited by Lucky. Lucky broke my heart. It like, it, it crushed me into Mm -hmm. a powder. It was so good. And this is, this is not that this is completely fucking different. And it is so fun and so weird and so dark. Do not, if you, I recommend it, do not approach it. Like it's a horror movie. It, look at it more as like a dark comedy, I think. Okay, okay, good to know. And I am only saying it's in horror because it's on Shudder. Um, I believe that's where we launched Wait, it. wait, you're talking about Lucky or 12-Hour Shift? 12-Hour Shift. I think it might be Hulu, actually. Maybe, I, we streamed it somewhere. It, I loved it, though. And good David Arquette is... Is Mick Foley in that also? Yes! Nice. Nice. Um, I liked it a lot. It's weird. Um, and I have thought about it multiple times since. Very cool. Which is always a good, always a good. Definitely, sign. definitely. That's how I felt about Lucky. Yeah. Oh God, so good. Yep. Um, I watched Peninsula. The, Me too. I didn't like it at all. No, it's not good. It is. I mean, here's a, a funny thing I was thinking of. Like, there needs to be like a sub IMDb topic or list of. Uh, films that have geographically painted themselves in a corner when it comes to naming their sequels. Because you have, like, Train to Busan, which is about a train going to Busan, which is a city in South Korea. So then when they wanted to make a sequel to it, except they wanted to set it um, up north between, you know, South Korea and north, and they, what what do they call it then? It's not Train to Busan. It has nothing to do with Train to Busan. But Peninsula is just not, uh, it's just not that good. No, I... The op- from the opening, I kind of knew it wasn't going to work for me, and we almost bailed. Yeah. But then it kind of got a little interesting. I would say it took me, um, I think, like two and a half to three weeks to watch it because yeah. I caught, I watched like a half hour of it, and then I was like, I'm, I don't feel like watching because it's subtitled, so you have to, you know, you can't do other things when you're watching it. And I did not want to sit there and watch it. So I kept going back to it. And I like, for last night, I turned on the TV because I'm like, oh, let me watch something. Oh, I still have 20 minutes of this movie left. I guess I should finish it. It just, it wasn't engaging. No, no. We almost bailed a couple times. But like, I, like, like the the girls in it, I really like. Yeah, the the kids are really cute. Pulling me back. Yeah. And I like begrudgingly, I guess maybe because it is zombie stuff and it is post apocalyptic stuff and it had big land of the dead energy. Yes, it totally uh, did. Yeah. So, so, like, it kept it kept grabbing me in and I kept being like, no, I don't it like it. kept like this. hinting at things that you're like, oh, there's a great movie. No, no, we're going in a different direction. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but it's I like is happening. Yeah. yeah it's it, not it's, terrible. It's watchable. It's just not great and such a disappointment coming off of train to busan which is a wonderful wonderful every which way movie train to busan manages to really get the emotions yeah. down if this feels really hollow most of the time agreed um i finally rewatched the uh, evil dead remake oh okay i watched that a year or two ago for the first time yeah i hadn't seen it since i saw it like when it came out um so I thought it was time for a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, better than I remember. Yeah. 
I, I, I do really like this movie. I remember liking it, but like as time went on, I couldn't remember why I liked it. So yeah. I was like, maybe it wasn't good. No, but it's, it, it's well done. It, it doesn't do much for me. Um, but I can objectively like look at it and say, no, that's, that's a well-made version of the yeah. story. So I, I like it and I don't have any attachments to the original yeah. text as it were. Same. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was fun. I recommend it if you haven't seen it. Um, so this is a big recommend and I wish I remember where we watched this. Um, I gave it four and a half out of five stars. Ooh. It is called the toll. The toll? T O L L. Okay. Okay. Ooh, I don't know okay. this one. Um, so 2020, a socially awkward driver and a weary passenger, um, try to make it to their destination while being haunted by a supernatural threat. Hmm. So it's car horror, it's road horror, it's woods horror, it's um, sing- almost like a single setting horror. It's only two characters. Um, so my review is, I said, did I write this movie? So I knew it would have a pretty math rating. Doesn't bode well for me as an artist, but I like this movie, so thanks. <laughs> it, it's, very, it's very feminist, it's very self-aware, it's very modern. It knows what it is. It knows what it's doing. Um, and of course, people didn't like it. It has really bad ratings. And so this, I'm looking into it now. It's not streaming for free anywhere. It's a rental in a few places. So it'll eventually come to you. Uh, the director, is the, it's a writer-director, Michael Nader, who wrote a movie that I liked. And it was a female uh, director. And I guess he, was, he wrote the screenplay for it called Headcount, which is streaming, I think, on Shutter now. Um, so that's interesting. Okay. I re- I really liked it. It, it. it was like a, it was hovering. Oh, so there are so many things that I like. So it was hovering around like middling for me for a while mm-hmm. because I, I couldn't tell what it was doing and I didn't know if I could trust it. I was like, Ruby, can I trust you? Because it is a guy and it is a singular vision, which I never know if I could trust. Sure. I don't know. What are you going to do to me? So I was, I was tentative and then it tipped at one point and I was like, oh no person and he's gonna do right by me so it was really good i really really liked it and we watched that yeah actually kind of in mid-april where i still had a house so we must have yeah (laughs) um so zach had never seen the howling ah okay i'm not the biggest fan but i understand why people love it i I think this is the time emily i think i finally did it Ah. i think watch number like three or four was like when I went, Oh, this is really good. Huh. I, I should do it a real, I've only seen it once. I should, How I should give it, it another try. Um, maybe like five years ago, something like that. And maybe because no, I gave longer, it first... longer, 10 years ago. I'm, I'm older than I think I am. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, I knew it was good. I'd seen it. I liked it. I had seen it again and mm-hmm. I knew that it was a good movie and I know why people liked it. But this, and I, it, it was maybe like 20 minutes in and I thought, is this the time that I get it? Yeah. It well, and you I, and I both did a lot of Joe Dante over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I wonder how much now getting to know him better, um, like his voice as a filmmaker, I wonder if I would watch it with that now loaded in me and see it differently. You would, 100%. Mm. Okay. All right. And it would streaming somewhere because a lot of people have been talking about it lately. So I might give it a go. You know what? It might be on Shutter. You might be right about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I so yes, good movie. Surprising no one. And 
that might be all my horror. Oh my. I've, I've been sad. So mm, I get it. That's genre for me. So what's funny is when, you, when you're sad, you don't watch horror. When I'm sad, I do watch horror. So I like just a different, I don't know, that's my comfort zone I go to, I guess. Because yeah. I can watch teenagers die and it somehow makes me feel better. I don't understand. I'm, I'm a monster. What can I say? So have you noticed all the 90s, like, conspiracy crime yeah yeah that's That's comfort food i get it i get it uh all right so we did um a bit of a marathon not all together but like an interesting franchise run we watched psycho two three and four what one is so good is it psycho two that's amazing two is amazing amazing yeah two is great uh two two is really good two is the one with meg tilly yes it's it's so unexpected Mm -hmm. It's honestly, in yeah. my opinion, I didn't, I, to me, the idea of a psycho sequel is blasphemous. The fact that he is actually in it is either good or bad, depending. Sure. I always assumed it was bad. And I never thought the sequel of the psycho would be the absolute movie that it needed to be. And it was, it was perfect. It's so good. And it, cause it has multiple twists and it's one of those like, I love a twisty movie where you you feel so smart because you see one of them coming, but you completely don't see the other one coming. So I felt like like challenged by it because I really was surprised at times. Uh, it's it's really good. I was so happy I watched it. Uh, we kept going with with three and four. Three is definitely a come down, but three is really interesting because um, three is the one that uh, he writes and directs or he directs. I think I don't think he wrote it or and, and Tony Perkins I'm talking about. And what's fascinating about three, it's a mess. It is a messy film. Um, it just clearly they didn't quite know everything they were doing is. But here's what's cool is that you could see them trying to figure out where do we fit? What kind of horror movie are we? Who is our audience? Or can we get the same kids that are going to see Nightmare on Elm Streets? And that's what they seem to kind of try, but they don't really know how to do it. <laughs> so, like, you have gratuitous boobs. You have um, a young Jeff Fahey is in there, and he's he's crazy. Um, who is it? Diana Scarwid is the Meg Tilly character, basically. But, like, she's a nun, but is she haunted? Is she evil? I don't know. Who cares? We're just going to, spoiler alert, like knock her down the stairs in the end accidentally and call it a day um it's not good but it's messy in a way that's really interesting and then part four is uh it's not quite a prequel it's it's a prequel and not it's um norman bates calling into a radio show and talking about his childhood and his (laughs) in his childhood he is played by henry thomas who is very good um, and Olivia Hussey plays his mother, and Mick Garris directs, and it is not very good. That's not surprisingly. Cast. That, that cast is so, that cast oh, so, is good. so good. Yeah, yeah, and there's other people that come in and out that I can't remember now, but, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Donna's father from Twin Peaks is in there at one point. Um, Warren Frost or Mark Frost? No, Warren Frost. Mark Frost is the writer. So, it, they're all worth watching they definitely i mean one and two are the high points and then they the goes down pretty quickly but three and four are both interesting four is again it's very messy it does so many the more like i talked about it after i watched it i was just pulling it apart by its seams um because there's things about it that you're like they're trying to kind of tell a story about manic depressiveness because 
you know, the mother is clearly unwell, but yet the movie, you know, there's also, oh, but the time and what does she do and all that. But they just make her movie crazy. <laughs> so there's no nuance to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like, it, it, yeah, it wants to be more Oedipal, but then it pulls back and it, you're like, you kind of wish it went either deeper or pulled back more and made it more haunting and everything. So it's just not good, but it's still different and interesting and kind of worth a watch. Yeah, we did, we did two and Zach was like, all right, strap in for the next ones. And I was like, no, two was I don't need to. I thought it was going to be, I don't want to ruin this high that I'm on. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I think they're... <sighs> I don't know. As far as the third and fourth sequel to a movie, to a classic movie go, like, they're better than the Jaws, you know? Like, actually, no, I say that and I really like Jaws 3, so forget what I said. They're interesting. I'm going to leave it at that. They're not great. And they, it could be argued, are also very bad. But they are interesting. And in terms of being, a, I think, a genre movie fan, to watch it just from a, like, contextualize where are we in time point of view I think is really interesting for the genre because you start to look at what who were they trying to speak to who was their audience because at this time horror had changed pretty significantly and I can't imagine teenagers going to see Psycho 3 and the movie doesn't under doesn't know whether they are or not and kind of goes back and forth on it and I don't know. They're more interesting. Like you could easily write about these movies. Like you could do series on them. But they're. I think they're worth watching at least once in your life. Okay, maybe I'll do it. Yeah. Um. I did watch Lost Highway, but I feel like I want to save that for when we eventually do a Twin Peaks dive. Well, so before I got I got displaced from my home, we had been gearing up to just get a hundred percent into it mm. and rewatch the whole series because it. It felt like a good place to oh, watch yeah. it. I don't know. I'm very weird about Twin Peaks. <laughs> but I was like, it's it appropriate. Finally right. It finally feels right. And then like the house caught on fire. So um, I can't, I want to rewatch it and I want to talk to you. But Lost Highway is in the Twin Peaks universe. Completely. Yeah. Well, it's, so, and we're halfway through the return or not even halfway. We're a couple. We're maybe like six or seven episodes in. So I think we're a third of the way through the return. I'm loving it. Brandon is him, but I am. Yeah, I'm glad you are. It's, yeah. It's got peaks and valleys for sure, yep. but I think overall it's really satisfying. It's really weird, but mm-hmm. but it's weird in a different way. Yep, very much. Yeah. Well, and that's why I thought of Lost Highway, because, I mean, you had Lost Highway and then to Mulholland Driver, kind of the bridge from Twin Peaks into, like, later David Lynch, and Lost Highway feels even though it technically has nothing to do with Twin Peaks, as far as I know, I don't know if there's any actors, obviously you'll see in both places, but it does feel like Lost Highway would just fit into Twin Peaks. Yeah. It's a lot of the, I don't even want to listen to myself. A lot of the science of Twin Peaks. Yep. I know what you mean. Same, same science as, as Mulholland Drive specifically and Lost Highway. Lost Highway more so in my opinion. But if they feel very related, like the electricity for me is a big mm-hmm. thing. Any, any David Lynch movie that talks about things moving through electricity, like the like to me, that is then doppelgangers, obviously. Totally. Um, yeah. But to me, Lost Highway, there is a there's a read of Lost Highway where it is it is another doppelganger situation. Oh, totally. Like, yeah. And it's, I, I saw that in the theater when it came out. 
Oh boy, was I not prepared for that. Oh boy, did I not. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, again, we we did an episode on Mulholland Drive years ago, and I talked about how when I saw Mulholland Drive at the age of 20, I had never been angrier at a movie before in my life. I hated it so yeah. much. And rewatching it like five years ago, I'm like, this is great. <laughs> and I just think back, I'm like, wow, I, w- I wonder what if, if 15 year old me had watched Twin Peaks, what I would have thought. And I, I don't know. But instead, we'll eventually get 39 year olds, you and me talking about them. Yeah. All right, so let's see. I broke my the rest of my horror out by streaming service because I figured that'd be easier. So on Amazon, uh, where typically I find the lowest of budget movies, uh, one that was kind of interesting called The Honeymoon Phase, which is okay. about two kind of hot young people who see that there's a study where you get like $50,000 to like live for a month as part of the study. And they're going to put you in one room and just like watch you and all that. And it, I saw this, this. I saw it on. I don't have Prime anymore, but when I still did. Oh, what'd I you think it. of it? No, I, I, I. We only watched the trailer, and I thought oh. it looked terrible. Like I thought it looked not terrible, but I was worried that it would not be good or it would be insulting. Mm. I don't know. There were shades of like, oh, this is going to go bad for me. I'm, mm. so, I'm so curious what you thought. Um, it's not great. I think it apparently was made on a tiny budget and it it's it's a I once I realized how cheap it was I was really impressed by the filming of it because I was yeah. like oh that's really clever like they have managed to really tell a pretty interesting different deep story but they set it in one apartment and you never think anything of it because it makes sense and then when they leave the apartment you're like oh yeah there's no money in this set um, mm-hmm. so I, I think there was like certain things about it that I could look at from a filmmaking perspective and be like, oh, that was smart. Oh, that was a smart choice. Um, it, I don't know. I was kind of mixed on it. I think it's doing some interesting things as far as like how dumb two young people in love can be. Like just in the whole, like, oh, you two don't know each other at all. And you've decided to commit to each other forever and look how good it's going. Um, it has, you know, kind of the, I don't want to say what the reveal is, but it's one of those like, okay, that's something that's kind of neat. So I don't know. It's not great. Um, I found it something different and I appreciated that. I thought it committed to telling a different story. Um, but I didn't love it. Hmm. Well, I'm glad it wasn't like, oh, it was really the greatest thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. There is like, there's a little bit of like, I mean, there's sexual violence, but not, um, there's stuff that is confronted. Like there is a, like a cu- the couple has sex and then she kind of says like, I, that's not like, you, we shouldn't have done that. Like you shouldn't have done it that way to me without me saying anything. Like, so there's conversations in the movie. Um, and there's a lot of stuff about a woman's, uh, choice to have a child or not. And I mm-hmm. think the movie understands and is coming from the right place as far as like, no, we should be like, this guy is kind of a dick and she is calling him on it and kind of, but there's a lot of gaslighting too. Mm-hmm. But the movie knows it's about gaslighting to an extent. So you're not, you don't feel like the movie is, um, how do I say it? Trying to, to make, the movie is clear about she sees something is going wrong and she is not going to take it. But they are kind of in a, tight close relationship and because of covid it's also one you're like oh i bet this this plays differently today if you watch it now thinking of 
you know, how many couples have only been stuck with each other in all of this. Yeah. There, yeah. There's a different layer to it there. So I don't know. It's, I, I, it's, it does some interesting things, I'd say. I don't know. I don't know that you'd like it, but yeah. I think I kind of respect it in, on a couple of different levels. It's a cool, it's a cool basic premise. Yeah. That always makes me wary. Like, oh, or, ugh, do I even want to deal with it, this if it's not good? Or do I want to think about the movie I would have written with that same premise if I had thought to? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, another Amazon Prime movie that I'm a weird fucking person. So the day I was getting my shot, I like, you know, had more time in the morning. I'm like, oh, let me watch a movie. I'm like, what do I feel like? You would think that, I don't know, thinking like, oh, the pandemic's ending. So let me watch a movie about like nuclear fallout poisoning. Yeah, that's what I want to watch. Oh. Uh, on Amazon Prime. Aftermath, starring Edward Furlong, Monica Kina, uh, and a few other people that you're like, oh, those are real people. Very low budget. It's about a bunch of people who end up in a bomb shelter, and there's a nuclear bomb outside, and they all die of nuclear fallout poisoning. (laughs) That is this movie. This movie is about a bunch of people who are unrelated, stuck together, dying. (laughs) It is ridiculous. Uh, no, it's not good. It's not terrible. Like, these are real actors. It's uh, Andre Royo from The Wire. Um, and, like, it's... There's even some relationships that are actually kind of nice. Like, Edward Furlong start, is, like, the dick. He's, like, the... It's one of those things where, like, you... I love when movies do this. There's, this is set in Kansas, and I think it's supposed to be, like, a nod to the day after. And so, like... You know, presumably all of your characters who are from the same area are going to have the same accent, but no, instead everybody speaks like, you know, like a New York trained classical actor, except for Edward Furlong, who's sort of like the Trumpy guy who, of course, has a Southern accent. Why does he have a Southern accent? Why wouldn't everybody have the same Kansas accent? Don't ask these questions, Emily. Just watch everybody die of nuclear poisoning. And they do. It's, I don't know, if you want, like, a nuclear, a movie about being trapped in a bomb shelter, this is a movie about people being trapped in a bomb shelter. I mean, it sounds like it satisfies that. Exactly. It it knew what it wanted to do, and it doesn't. Uh, Let's see. Next. uh, Oh, okay. This was a surprisingly decent, I mean, not that great, but, like, for what it was, movie that I watched today on Amazon. Terrible title. Stay out, stay alive. Uh... A bunch of hot young people go camping in like a mining area and discover one of them falls in a mine and like breaks her leg, but discovers, oh shit, there's gold down here. So, hey, everybody, let's go get the gold and then leave this place and we'll deal with the indigenous people's curse and everything else later. And Barbara Crampton is in this in a small part. So that's always fun to see. It's directed by a guy who's had like a really long career as a digital effects guy. And this is his first movie as a writer-director. And the thing about it, it's not great. It's not doing anything that special. But it's solid for what it is. And it makes a point of, like, it's five young, hot people, like your typical movie. But it's really um, specific about making sure you you understand who the five of them are without Mm -hmm. a lot of exposition. Like, it somehow manages to very clearly tell you all of their relationships to each other and their motivations and whatnot pretty effectively. Um, And it's not like crazy CGI. It really is more like, oh, they're stuck in this mine now and there's a curse. 
And that curse is going to manifest in different ways. And it's going to turn this guy paranoid and crazy. But this woman is out of the mind, so she doesn't know what's going on down there, which means she's a target of them and so on. And so it's not by any means a great movie, but it's like when you like when you're like me and you just want, okay, I want to sit down and watch a horror movie. I'm not going to pay that much attention to it, but I'm you know, going to have it on in the background. I, I would like to be surprised. I would like to be pleased, but I don't, I know I'm not going to be scared. This was a good watch for that. Okay. And yeah. that that's still on the prime. List, it is right? on the prime. Yes. And then the next one on Amazon prime is probably the greatest thing I've watched on this list. Oh. Have you ever seen the Amityville horror, the evil escapes, AKA the Amityville movie about the evil floor lamp? No, I edited an article about it, though. Yeah, so you know how this is a movie about a killer floor lamp. I've heard it's good. It's so great. Uh, Patty Duke, in the lead role, uh, moves her family in with Grandma, who kind of hates kids and hates everybody around her. And it turns out uh, she has purchased or was purchased for her from a yard sale in Long Island, a floor lamp to which the soul of... One of the Amityville ghosts crawled into before um, priests got the rest of the ghosts out of the house. And now this haunted floor lamp has traveled across to L.A. and is now possessing, like, other household appliances. So there's a toaster oven. There's a chainsaw. Um, there is your always um, Chekhov's law of a dish of a sink drain disposal. Not What do you call it? Uh, dish... We have one, and I refuse to use it. Garbage disposal, right? Garbage disposal. I wanted to say trash compactor. I mean, same idea. Yeah, we have one in our apartment, and and I refuse to ever touch it, because I have seen enough movies, obviously, to know that me touching one is going to mean, at some point, I'm going to drop something down there, and, oh, the power's off. Great, I'm going to reach my arm down there, and then I'm going to lose an arm. I've seen it. I know how this game goes. Um, (laughs) Amityville, The Evil Escapes, Christine, it's so much fun. It is stupid. It is lovely. Uh, like, and it's also kind of sweet. Like, the little boy is is a really like nice kid, and like seems really sad when like animals around him keep dying. So that's a nice thing. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, like, yeah. Like the kids aren't shitty. Like, and kids are usually shitty in these movies, and these kids are actually cool. Uh, it's a it's a damn good time. Uh, okay, one more on Amazon, and that will loop me into Netflix because I watched two movies that are set on islands that are like fishing community islands in New England and all the crazy things that happen there. And so on Netflix, that was Island Zero. And on, no, I'm sorry, that was Amazon. On Netflix, it was the Block Island Sound. So, Oh, I wanted to hear about that Block Island Sound movie. Oh, uh, Block Island Sound is good. Um, it's That one is uh, set, I think, off like the coast of Rhode Island. And yeah, Island. Sail away on the Block Island Ferry. Oh, that's right. You actually know this stuff. Yeah, that's why I'm super curious about it because I like Block Island is a huge, like it's very much something that I know about, and I was like, do I want to watch this? You should watch this. It's good. I liked it. Um, the it it's what's interesting. What I really liked about it is it really it doesn't follow. I mean, it. I guess it's a horror movie, but it really you could argue that it's not at all. It does not follow kind of the trajectory you're expecting it to. It's very much more kind of biological mystery, maybe. Interesting. Um, it's it's very good. It's nicely shot. It's the 
the lead actress in it, Michaela McManus, I went to college with. She went to Fordham University in the theater department. Weird. Cool. I think she's actually from that area, too. Um, and she's she's good in it. The lead actor, I don't remember if I've seen him or anything, but I, I like him. It's a good, like, kind of like the family dynamic of adult siblings. I'm always a fan of that when it's done well, and I think it's done well here. Uh, it's, and again, like, you think you're going to get a certain type of monster movie, and you do not. And it has a really cool reveal um, that I didn't really see coming. And when you get it, you're like, oh, that that actually makes a lot of sense to the movie I've been watching. And I wasn't thinking that way. But yeah, it's all there. So I I liked it. It's it's quite good. But And I wonder, um, like, I worry for it because I feel like people are going to watch it going in and expecting it to go a certain direction. It's much more thoughtful than that. Hmm. No. Sounds like it could be good. I think you would like it. I think you should definitely yeah. watch it. Okay. Um, on Amazon, one that I watched uh, that is not nearly as good, but I really admire it. This is a movie called Island Zero, which is also, hey, we're on a fishing island off the coast of, I think, Maine in this case. And this one apparently used a lot of local actors and they all have their, their thick murder she wrote accents. And what's smart about this movie, it's that, but then it has, like, the two leads um, are both, like, long-term character actors who just lend it such great gravitas. Mm -hmm. And in that case, it's like, oh, something's going on. There's creatures that that are eating our livestock and killing the fish, but they're invisible to the human eye. You can only see them by heat sense. What's really smart about this movie is it clearly had peanuts for a budget and very, very wisely decided how to so how do we we want to tell a monster movie but we don't have any money to show the monsters that's okay they're invisible yeah we're what? gonna act like they're invisible it's totally gonna work and it kind of does I like, like that. yeah and it goes like it's a good like 50 minutes before you even get to any horror like it really invests in this is a movie about these 12 people that live on this island so it spends a lot of time building up the characters and it it actually works. I think they managed it. And, and again, like sometimes you watch a movie and some uh, look, I watch a movie. I want to be entertained. I want to be scared, whatever it might be. But other times in a lot of the movies I watch, I watch them thinking, okay, what kind of budget did you have? Or like, oh, is this a first time director? What is this? And this one you go into and you're like, oh, okay, you made a lot of decisions and I can see all of them, but they're, they're working. I, granted, I'm aware of them. So maybe they're not. But once you look at it that way, it's a really smart way to make a monster movie without having any money for your monsters. Mm-hmm. So I, I vouch for that one. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, work with what you have. Right? Totally. Yeah. And it understands like at the heart, like, okay, but our two leads who are totally, who are not like, um, and I, oh man, shame on me for not knowing their names because they're both actors that you've seen in other things. Um, and the woman, Layla Robbins, who's probably in her like f- late fifties, who just plays a doctor and just has this immediate like, oh, I never, I would never see you as the lead in a movie, and you're like, clearly a really good actor with a whole lot of like bringing something to this town doctor type thing. And Adam Wade McLaughlin is the other guy, and he looks like Richard Dreyfuss, which I feel like was also very intentional. So. It's, yeah, you want to see, like, smart decisions, give Island Zero a try. All right. Also on Netflix, um, I think you've talked about this years ago, 
as above, so below. I love this fucking movie. I've seen it three times. It's so good. It, you know, I, I didn't remember how people felt about it. It came out like at the tail end of found footage. And mm-hmm. I do think this movie does itself a disservice by being found footage. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't fully commit to it. Cause there is like a score at times, Yeah, but it's kind of like somebody said, Hey, you know, that sequence in, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where they break into the museum and go underground and like they're trying to get out and there's rats and like let's turn that into a found footage horror movie and they do and it actually is pretty good well I think it's there are genuinely unsettling creepy things about it yeah and it does a lot of things I've never seen before which is it's hard to do the thing with the car on fire like the fire in 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 underground yep really upsets me there's the way that certain people disappear and come back yeah really bothers me it's and it's it's, it's a very it's organic and weird in mm-hmm. a lot of places it's Ugh. smart like it's it's about history nerds like which is kind of cool yeah. and it's not um needlessly mean which was typically what you did with found footage horror in that era yeah. Like it really it could have gone a certain way and any time you watch a found footage movie you pretty are pretty sure oh everybody's going to die a terrible death. And I don't want to give anything away but you walk away from this one you're like oh they actually arced it in a way that you walk out feeling positive which is uncommon for, for this. Yeah. Um and let's see. Oh, even better. Uh, best, real, like genuinely, probably the best thing I watched um, in this run uh, on Netflix. His house. Yeah, haven't seen it. So good. Um, I was worried it would be a little too like yeah. I ha- like upsetting. Yeah, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, it is not one I would approach lightly. It's one that I would, and it's also one that like you do want to watch with the lights off kind of thing because it's scary and all that, but it's, it's really good. Uh, yeah. Anybody, it's on Netflix. Anybody that hasn't watched it yet, definitely like when you really, cause I'm like, I, again, I watch a lot of shit that sometimes I do just want a good movie. And this was, oh, this is a really good horror movie. So yeah, do it. Uh, then I, oh, I have four movies that you recommended to me to watch. Oh my. Yes, number one, Sweetheart. Oh, so I liked it but didn't love it, but Mm -hmm. with time away, have liked it more. Yep, yep. Uh, This is the young woman gets washed up on an island and has to fight a monster, and also maybe uh, her own insecurities, and it's it's enjoyable. Enjoyed it. Uh, Number two, Ghosts of War. Oh, so weird. Really (laughs) promising start. I, you know, I didn't mind the ending. I didn't mind the big twist. I actually, because some of the horror elements were not working for me, the twist for me was like, oh, okay, that makes, that explains why they weren't working for me, and that makes them work better. I completely agree because they didn't work for me, Mm -hmm. but I will tell, I will, let me say this about that. They didn't work for me, but then the twist was too much of a twist. It it was a bridge too far. And That's then fair. I was like, oh, it didn't, I mean, now I know why the horror, horror elements didn't work, but now you have horror elements that didn't work in an ending that doesn't work. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it, 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 it swings. It goes for it. Uh, okay, this one I know you loved, and I did too, uh, on Shudder, directed by a director who's I've seen much of his work, um, but all of it in a different genre, Anything for Jackson. I 
Loved it. I loved it. Oh my gosh. I loved, loved this movie. Uh, this is the one where you have a pair of grandparents who are going to sacrifice, do a satanic sacrifice in order to bring their grandson back. The cast is so good. Um, I, I mean, we, we know this. I love a movie about old people. I want more I old people in horror. Too. Yeah. And it has like elements of, um, oh, a dark song, which is a movie I loved. Like that same kind of idea of like, look, the occult is, is a thing. And the people who, who do it and who know about it are kind of like scuzzy people. Um, but like they know their shit and it's really deep shit and you are way not prepared for this shit. It has some really, it, it did some scares and some like ghost work design that I had uh, like never seen. Yeah, it was, there was some scary shit. Yeah. Another movie that managed to do things that I hadn't seen before. Yeah, yeah. Like the trick-or-treating ghost. Like it's, it's so simple and it managed to be so scary. Oh, yeah. I, if you haven't watched it, people, it's, it's, a, it's like one of those movies where you're like, this is why you should pay for Shudder if you're a horror fan. Because like these are the kinds of movies you want to pull out of there. Yeah. Um, also on Netflix, you had recommended for me, Eli. Oh, yeah. Another weird movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I loved this. Uh, this is, there's a little boy, he's a bubble boy, and they take him to this big scary mansion where he's going to get treatment or something else. And it's, oh man, I, I really dug how it, it, you know, it committed to surprising you. And I don't want to say any more because I went in knowing nothing. I think you told me very wisely, don't read anything about it, just watch it. Um, which is really important to do because as soon as you know a little more about what what genre you're going to fall into, then it takes away some of the kind of big surprise. But this was great. I really dug this one. Hooray. I'm glad. Those are some good weird ones that I hadn't really heard that many people talk about. Same. And again, I always, you know, it's a different time as far as like what to watch, how, where do I decide what I should watch? And so often it's the people I know whose opinions I deeply respect and whose opinions I often agree with. Uh, One more on Netflix and I'll, I'm wrapping up on Hulu. I think this was one that you talked to me about. Um, One bedroom or one BR. Did you watch this? I can't remember if I've watched this or just scrolled by it a lot. Okay, um, a young woman moves into an apartment building where everybody gets along and has barbecues and is a little bit Hallmark Christmas movie-ish. But of course, there's something amiss. Um, there's a cat-ish. There's a does the dog die? Yes, the cat dies-ness to it. Ringing a bell? Uh, no, I've just seen the trailer. Okay, uh, This is good. I think you would like it. It's a Stepford esque story love that um this was one that um it's again it's well done it makes me like interested in the in the in the director to see what else it believes that he will do some good stuff going on there's some things where you're like you know like she has a a friend at some point like you meet like her like you know kind of her co-worker you're like this boy this movie would have been more interesting if it wasn't about this like skinny young white girl <laughs> like if you did do certain things to it to make it a little more interesting it, it would have clicked but it's good um has a cool ending too it has an ending that i think i i can't say anymore because then it to me is very similar to another movie's ending but that would give too much away so just at some point watch it and we'll talk about that you'll okay. know exactly what i mean 
All right. And then on Hulu, I watched, uh, oh, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. Oh, so, okay. I have so many questions. What did you think? I really liked it. I think I actually like Antiviral more. Um, but Possessor, I feel like I will rewatch at some point, And I think I might um, see more and get more out of it when I do. Is it? Is it icky? Is it a gross movie? Um, yes. Yes. It is, uh, again, like, I love the idea that Brandon Cronenberg didn't even bother to change his last name to not be associated with David Cronenberg because both of his movies are so Cronenbergian. Yeah, that's why I can't do it. I don't, yeah. I don't think this is as, antiviral, I think, is, is pretty, um, pretty body horror. This, oh no, this is pretty. It's pretty body horror. Yeah, there's gushy stuff. Ask, have I seen Antiviral? I yes, did. Yes, we, right? we did an episode on it, didn't we? I think. I know, I I think I blocked it out. That's fair. Yeah, I liked th- this. Um, it's Andrea. I'm sure I'm saying her name wrong. Uh, Risenborough. Um, woman. Who and she's fantastic, and yeah. she is. It's funny because I just watched the her Black Mirror episode, Crocodile, and it's a very not a, not that it's a similar character, but you could see like why you would write this part and cast her in it if you'd watched that episode, because it's this similar like wife and mother who has a job and is really good at this job that requires her to do things that you don't expect a wife and mother doing, and she. She, um, she's very, like, she's kind of gross in this movie in some ways. Like, you look at her and you're like, you don't look right. Like, your hair is, like, got this, you have a weird haircut and your skin looks really clammy. And, like, no, no, well, yeah, no, that makes sense because of what this woman is doing for a living and how that's affecting the rest of her life and and what, what it is when she does this thing that she does. And I don't want to give anything away because I didn't know anything about it. Um, I just knew, oh, this is Brandon Cronenberg's movie. Uh, it's apparently really extreme. Um, and that's all I wanted to know, which is great because then the very first scene you watch and as soon as you, you don't know what's happening, as soon as you realize it, it's a pretty like, whoa, shit. Oh, okay. This is what we're doing. So mm-hmm. I, I really dug it. I think you will too. Um, I don't think it's like as icky or gushy or gooey as, um, some Cronenberg stuff. But it's not like, I wouldn't, you know, I don't know, like sit down and eat. I mean, you wouldn't eat a raw steak anyway, but I wouldn't do that while watching this movie. I, <laughs> I would like to watch it. I think I just have to wait for a good time because yeah. I do want to see it. Yeah. I'll rewatch it at some point. So if you ever wanted to cover it, I'd be happy to. Okay. It's doing things. And I feel like it's definitely one that I want to revisit and go back to because it definitely is putting stuff out there. Um, and I don't know if this is the same. It's because it was funny. I was reading an interview with that actress. She was talking about Crocodile, the Black Mirror episode, was originally written for a man. And she was auditioning for a different part. And she said, hey, wouldn't it be more interesting if I played this part? And you made this character who is a who murders into a woman. And I wonder if Possessor ever, was ever that also. Because it feels like it could have been that that role could have been written for a man. Um, it changes it dram- it tremendously 
what you get out of it, but it also, and it feels like, oh, we're, we're reacting a certain way because this is a woman and because she is a wife and mother. And I don't know. So there's a lot. It's dense. I want you to watch it. Oh, I do want to see it. I definitely do. All right. And then the last thing I have is uh, on Shudder, because I watched it yesterday, Butcher, Baker, Nightmare Maker. Yeah. How was that? I enjoyed it. Uh, Do you know anything about it? That, that, that title makes me laugh, but it's, no, I don't. I know. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it, it. You should watch it. I think you'd actually really dig it. It's Susan Tyrell. Um, she inherits her sister's baby when when her sister dies after she break um, cuts her breaks, and mm-hmm. she raises him and has very lustful leanings towards him. And he is now a young man trying to go off to college, but she does not want him to. And murder happens. It's. What's interesting is it's it's campy, but it's also like, and I didn't get to go too much into the history of it. Um, there's there's a lot going on. There's a young Bill Paxton. Uh, there is yep. um, there's there are gay male characters in this movie, and they are not for a, for a movie. I think it's eighty two or so. Mm-hmm. Like they're the good guys and they're not stereotypical in any way. And it's like, that aspect is really interesting. It's, it, it, it probably watches much better today than it did maybe in 1982. Um, it's, it's, it's something you should watch it, just watch it. And then you'll come back to me and point out all the stuff that I missed. That is, uh, interesting and important and many a thing. So you said shutter, right? Shutter. Yep. Yep. Okay. I do have access to Shutter, so I think, and I think Zach would be interested in watching that. Yeah, as soon as you watch it, you'll see what I mean. Of like, oh, this is like not like oh a, a Nightmare on Elm Street two esque, you know, homoerotic movie. Yeah, but that's there in a different way. Like the villain in this movie, aside from Susan Tyrell, is um, Bo Svensson as a super homophobic racist cop. And Mm -hmm. the movie treats him as a villain for saying shit about gay people. Like the gay guy in this movie is like the nice, is like the nicest best human being on screen. And and that's something you didn't have then. So it's, it's definitely exploring things and putting things out there that you weren't getting in genre cinema at that time. So, yeah. Okay. Officially added to the mental cue. Good, good. Very good. All right, that's uh, just about everything I've got, other than, you know, a lot of Met games and the occasional America's Next Top Model rewatch, and that's been my life. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta rewatch Drag Race Season 6 for the ninth time. Wait, where is that stream? No, that's all World of Wonder now, right? No, that is actually on Hulu right now. Oh, sweet. Okay, Hulu keeps slowly adding more seasons. Nice. Some of them are on Hulu, and mm-hmm. then there's weird grouping of us i think mostly all stars that are on paramount plus which is a service that we didn't think we wanted and now we have because we're missing other stuff so so it's just yeah things are streaming services are weird there's too many and things are yep hiding places well having said that i just pulled up hulu and the first thing i did because the first thing being thrown at me because i guess they know me fairly well i just added cruel summer to my queue i i hope that you like it well, if I don't, I will send some hate mail your way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, don't right I was going to say, I'm like, but I don't know where to mail it to. So that might Let be a challenge. It drift in the wind and uh-huh. it'll make its way to me. 
All right. Well, do you have any new writing that people should read and stuff like that? Um, I will just say that if you don't, for some, if somehow you listen to this somehow and you don't follow me on Twitter, you should. It's Xteen underscore Makepeace. Um, that's where I talk about things. So very nice. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm on Twitter at Deadly Dolls. I occasionally remember that I do that, but I don't always. So. Well, sometimes it's it's fits and starts. Indeed. She'll be there, and then she won't. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you're lucky, you'll get a sighting, and and that's about it. Uh, we will be back at some point, probably not for a while. So hopefully, this you know two plus hour episode will will keep you warm and tidy until then. Uh, we don't know what we're covering when we're back. We're not sure. It'll take us some time. We've got things to do. Okay, so lay the fuck off, jeez. Go back and listen to, like, I don't know, pick one that you didn't listen to because the movie seemed boring. And pick one that. that Christine forgot that she did. <laughs> Go That's find the antiviral episode. No, there's a lot of them. You know, that's something I've thought of doing. I have thought of digging because I have everything saved on my computer. And I know like iTunes doesn't always make it easy to download old stuff. I thought about like, should I go back and re-release stuff from like eight years ago? But I'm scared. Do like um, classics. Okay. Okay. All right. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Sure. And then we won't listen to them, though. (laughs) And then we'll still forget that we did it three times over. All right. Well, with that being said, everybody out there, be careful, be safe. Uh, Yeah. All that. And happy spring. And or if you're on the other side of the equator, happy fall. I don't know what time of year it is. Whatever. We don't know everything. Okay. Gosh. People expect a lot of us, Christine. It's true. Um, Goodbye. Bye. again don't know where don't know when but I know we'll meet again some sunny day keep smiling through just like you always do skies drive the dark clouds far away so will you please say hello to the folks that I know tell them I won't be long they'll be happy to know that as you saw me go I was singing this song